Doing uh-huh. it, yeah. All right. All right. This is it. Kings of Punk, episode 12. Uh, title to be uh, decided in the future, as they always are. Um, but right now, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. I'm Tyler Hammer. We got, technically to my left, I guess, in the Zoom call, we got Jake, Jake Razor. Hello. And then we got our friend Stormy uh, below us. Hello. Who is uh, a friend of ours, and it's fun. We're going to have her on here. We're going to talk about a bunch of different stuff. Um, <laughs> I have a, a lot of, like, I think... I think interesting topics to talk about. Um, but you told me you're not really into I, punk. What was that, Jake? I have no, I just want to say I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So this will be fun. This will be interesting. Yeah, I'm also say, flying blind. And I do like punk. I'm just not super knowledgeable about it. I would say. That's good. We we call ourselves the kings it's of not, punk. It's not that much there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not, 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 I'm not knowledgeable enough at all. And most of the time I don't listen to punk. Like at all, but that's actually probably a lie. I know way, I know way too much about it, and uh, it's taking up a lot of brain space that I can't because of the way that the brain works. I can't take it out and put anything else in there. It's just there. Yeah, it's just it'll be there. For some reason, uh, German electronic music is that for me. But can I remember my boyfriend of ten years' his birthday? Nope. Nope. No, not gonna happen. Nope. Yeah. Can yeah. I talk to you about craft work for two hours straight? Absolutely. <laughs> sweet, sweet. <laughs> I would say the only reason I know my partner's uh, birthday is because it's the a month after mine. If it was a different day, it would fuck me up completely. Damn, I. I mean, for one thing, for one thing, I I definitely have a girlfriend, and yep. uh, for another. Obviously, I know when her birthday is. That yeah, of um, course. It's she. She. I have to be careful though, because she lives in a different time zone. Mm-hmm. So be uh, yeah. You know, I gotta watch out for that. She's like yeah. a model. It's totally cool. Yes. Yeah. I can't. I would tell you her name, but it's in a foreign language that I can't pronounce, and I don't think or it's, <laughs> you. Uh, you couldn't pronounce it. So <laughs> make it harder for you. <laughs> and yes, she's a model. Uh, Obviously, that's a given. Yes, yeah. So do we want to, prior to getting into discussion topics, I think it would be good, especially for our non-Rochesterian listeners, if uh, Stormy, if you were to introduce yourself a little bit, say yeah. a bit about what you do and uh, what might have prompted us to uh, have you on as an authority of sorts or someone to have a discussion with. Obviously, you guys brought me on because I've organized a campaign to cyberbully Danny Wegman through Facebook, right? That's yeah. that's why you yes. brought me on your music podcast? Yeah. Um, and as I, as I said, our, our non-Rochesterian <laughs> fans will appreciate that too. Um, Danny Wegman is our local grocery store magnate and billionaire who... Um, I guess I've given a nickname to that actually makes him furious when people call him in person, which is hilarious. Um, Wait, what is it? Uh, just calling him daddy instead of Danny. He fucking hates it. <laughs> so people call him it's surprising. daddy Wegman to his well, I think it's really like a kink thing for him. So to hear someone like his beer rep accidentally call him that makes him fucking <laughs> livid because he's not like, you know, an heiress. No, the, the, See, if I <laughs> go ahead. If, if I was a grocery baron, I would want everyone to call me that. Right? If I was well, the, here's the, the grocery thing. gentry of Rochester. <laughs> he, what may be the case is, it's a his um, his actual fetish and kink 
outside that no one knows is now somehow unknown, unbeknownst to him, leaking into this world. And it's oh, yeah. like it's two worlds yeah. are the two worlds are colliding, and he, he yeah, can't yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah. So maybe that's funny. That's a well picked nickname then. Also, I do like. <laughs> I do like that you have been posting about how Funko Pops are a uh, what a CIA opera op. Um, okay, yeah. Are they so fun? Actually, the, the real reason why you guys, the real reason why you guys brought me on your show is because I'm a conspiracy theory expert for your music podcast. Um, yes. And so this came up as a joke. Actually, I was just like talking to my boyfriend, and he joked that uh, Funko Pops were funded by Raytheon because everything is funded by defense contractors. Right, Um, right. And then I was like, that just rings too true. Like, that feels too real. So I went on to Funko Pops' Wikipedia site, looked up the um, holdings company called Akon Industries that owns Funko Pops, and it turns out that one of the board members was the oh god he was like a defense person during bush one and like based out of south america and also on the council of on foreign relations oh shit really he's definitely cia and because you don't work in south america in the late 80s for the fucking bushes if you're not cia and you're not on this or 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 ever like that too totally if you're part of poppy's network like you're part of the fucking family and then oh, they're, they're one gonna... of the other guys one of the other guys on the board of this fucking like company was um uh, like did in fact own raytheon for a while he was Wait, really? they, <laughs> they owned the veritas group which ended up buying out raytheon and keeps on like yeah, yeah, buying yeah. and aggregating defense contractors so like you know i don't necessarily like funding the cia full stop but also you know i guess if it's stealing it from like guys who need my little pony come tributes versus getting it from the contras that's a little bit better Just yeah little yeah bit better. i'm waiting they're gonna come out with the juan guaido funko pop see Venezuela, i'm waiting for the oliver north funko pop like okay let me so yeah maybe the I'm reason Lex- i assume you guys brought me on oh go ahead tyler who, what, what was that um that big that big case of that that little girl that was murdered like 20 like 30 plus years ago what's her name again i forgot i keep forget i don't i can't remember john benet ramsey john benet ramsey wasn't her dad i think john I related think, yeah. yes wasn't her dad let me actually a dude. huge defense contractor yes yes but was it what company was it yeah, there's there's like some speculation that her murder oh god um something graphics uh which did like work that I think ended up being like spy imaging of some sort. If we can connect John Benet Ramsey to Funko Pops, you know that would be that would be perfect to me. That would be amazing. And um, I, I mean, bleakest it, timeline is that Funko yes. makes a John Benet Ramsey pop. Oh my god! Wait, they Dude, do they, really? No, no, no! But they should. Oh, <laughs> they get on the true crime they're, thing. No, they're, they're they're twisted. They want to fuck with us. So <laughs> <laughs> do that it's like when they put the temple on epstein's island oh it's like it's, it's so temple it's, it's so on the it's so on the nose that go. you think it has to be fake yes like they, they just want to rub it right in your face yes. yeah so they probably will do a jean benet funko pop jake do you also listen to true and on yeah okay yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> fuck that yeah i, I 
I tried yeah. to listen to their most epi- re- two recent episodes, but I couldn't with that guy's voice, which is a shame because he has a lot of really important stuff to say. And I was like, I can't be yelled at by Gilbert Gottfried for this long. Oh, <laughs> Norman Finkelstein, his voice. Yeah. I like his voice, but it makes me want to cry. He sounds like very sad and very angry at the same time. And it, it's a genius emotion. too. Like I'm trying to listen to the things he's saying and I'm yeah. like, I can only do three minutes of this at a time. Oh, really? Or else I'm going wow. to fucking freak out. It's interesting. I don't want to go on a huge tangent, but I booked like a punk show braces band like many years ago. Cool. And then when, when, when he ended up being like famous, I was like, wait, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, I, I booked like a basement show with this dude and like did poppers with him of like course. when I was when I was basically a child. But yeah, so shout out Brace. We got to Brace. You got to come on the pod um, if you're listening. Just hit us up. You he know? might. Yeah, that would be sweet. He might do that. That would be cool. It seems pretty easy to book Chrisman for podcasts too. Yeah, yeah. Chrisman's uh, music knowledge is kind of weird. I feel like, or like his interest in music is kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like um, he listens to horrible music. I feel like he only listens yeah. to Camp Town Races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, oh man, I don't know. I remember him talking about, um, forgot some band. It was, the only band I've heard him talk about is the band Cake, which makes me not want to have him on the oh, music podcast. He talked about, he, oh, did something about, him on. he did something about Steely Dan one time <laughs> in one of his fucking of course he did. things. And it, like talking about how, <laughs> I forgot what, it was yeah, kind of like, yeah, I, was I remember like, that I too. Know, I don't know what's going on here while you're talking about Steely Dan, but like, uh, like I guess don't maybe. I think the worst thing that was ever read or ever typed out was when Vouch was talking about how his favorite genre now is electro swing. And just that was uh, for a couple days. It was like, God damn, I fucking hate all of you fucking people on Twitter. You all suck and stop talking about music. I don't know what. I don't like that guy, and I don't know what electro swing is, so I'm going to request that you bleep his name yeah. and the name of that genre. <laughs> I'm vetoing that. Um, it's the fedora okay. people. It's the rockabilly of electronic music. Oh, oh god, that sounds horrible. <laughs> for fuck's sake! <laughs> oh, it's man. really cringy in the culture too, and it's mostly like weird ketamine Germans who are into it. I ketamine don't, Germans, and not the fun kind. Um, have you? Have you I heard that band? It. <laughs> Have you heard that band? Do they well? Do they dress up in like vaudeville outfits or something like that? Is it like steampunk? Yeah, is it like steampunk? <laughs> I'm thinking steampunk now. No, no, they dress like cringy, um, high Victorian goths, and then okay. but with like a hint of rockabilly to it. Um, and it literally is it, just like Germans. It's Germans. Of course, it's Germans. It's Germans. Okay, trying to do American is, post-war culture. That is very sus. I'm just gonna say. Oh, yeah. Dirt- Dressing in Victorian garb, but I don't like that one bit. I'm getting fucked vibes from that. I'm just going to say. Uh, I mean, it, it's a weird fashion aesthetic, too, because it's half like Victorian steampunky goth aesthetics and then half like girls in those fuzzy boots and with the tiny yeah. bikini bottoms. It's like the worst hmm. of rave and goth culture mixed into one that- plus rockabilly. It's it's like every cringe subculture you could put together, they decided to and then made Damn. music that if if like the swing revival of the nineties had well, this is what happened. The swing revival in the nineties was experienced by like Euro disco people. And they're like, what if we put this together? I feel like that's something Euros do a lot is like, what if we do like these two things together? They got really nothing to lose. I guess they got nothing to lose, you know, 
half of them got like free yeah, healthcare I mean, and shit. You know, they have like good jobs. They have like eight months of vacation a year. Like they're allowed to like do this stupid fucking bullshit. And you know, they want to cut loose. They've been working at their like engineering job all week, and they're like, "Oh, I want to go listen to." The stupid music. I don't know what accent that is. Sorry, I'm not. Don't get <laughs> I want to impression. go to. Uh, my dad listened to this podcast and he liked it, but he was very critical of our impressions, Tyler. That not no no good with the impressions. Apparently, well, I'm learning German, um, so maybe I'll like, help get you guys a German with impression soon. <laughs> yeah. What? Should I play what? my hand of why you guys actually invited me on the podcast? I, I, I was going to play. I was going to play your hand for you, but if you'd like to <laughs> go ahead, because you probably do better than I would. Um, I've been working in my family's record store here in Rochester since I was 15. So this is my 16th year of being a record store nerd. Um, And I assume you guys brought me on because my spectrum special interest is music in general. Yes, yeah, that is why. And also that I'm uh, a shit poster on the internet. So with those two things combined, I figured that's probably why you invited me to be here. What Jake doesn't know is that we're both also niche some genre leftists which we can get into later yeah yeah that'll be fun that'll be fun um yeah i uh i the the place is called record archive for people who are not from rochester i i had been i've been going there on and off for many years bought plenty of records from various genres there i think the first time i went there was when i was like maybe 10 or 11 and if i recall correctly i had them special order the Deltron 3030 CD. That's that, a great uh, choice. <laughs> yeah. And they special ordered it and I got it. And then I would go there with my family and look at the cool toys that I thought were very neat at the time. And so, I remember yeah. you coming in with Cam Dean when he started working there to come see. Oh him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was in a, I was in a band with him at the time. And then also during possibly that same time period, I was doing a lot of drugs. So I would go sell records there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, including like my band I was in this band brain car and I had a shitload of our seven inches and I can't tell you how many times I've basically forced cam to give me what you know ten cents or, yep <laughs> yeah it's for like dude come on man how many more of these can you take I gotta I gotta buy something I was wondering why we had so many of your bands like That's, seven inches yeah, and CDs in our was, punk section that makes sense yeah no? <laughs> it's because I needed to buy heroin and beer so that is why That's but uh, that happens so yeah, if you need a brain car record, uh, go to record archive. I'll show you right where they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you you are an expert on music and and also you know the record uh, world, collecting world, which is something I am very unfamiliar with. Tyler's more familiar, and as such, as he mentioned earlier, he has some some topics that he wanted to broach yeah. today. Sounds good. With okay. that in mind, I think the first thing that I wanted to talk about is. Um, that I think is important, and especially in 2021, more than like maybe 10 years ago, is why why records are important. Because um, I believe 2020, you post, you shared this, Stormy. Uh, 2020 had like records finally outsold CDs, right? Yeah, so that data is a little bit biased because it's based on when Nielsen started taking SoundScan readings, mm-hmm. um, which SoundScan is uh, like an industry tool to track, you know, how many albums by a certain artist sells. So uh, that started in the late 80s, early 90s. So by that point, cassettes and CDs were already the dominant market share instead of vinyl. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
last year was the best year for vinyl sales since the late 80s early 90s um and it was the best year we've ever had at the record store and it was largely in part two that our vinyl sales were up like 200 percent from the previous year oh, wow yeah no it was Damn. it was absolutely insane like uh we and the sales numbers across the entire industry reflect this like the best weeks for vinyl sales were uh, every week leading up to Christmas, we break the record from the previous year, no pun intended. Wow. Um, and I think in 2020 slash 2021, the reason why vinyls had such a huge resurgence is because shows don't exist anymore. And yeah. people wanted a music experience that I think was a little bit more intentional than just like throwing on a Spotify playlist. Um, and then I think that, you know, if you're listening to it on like one of the Crosley cruisers, you're not going to get this experience, but if you throw a record on a good sound system, like it is incredible how much you can hear on it versus streaming something off of Spotify or YouTube or Bandcamp, like the fullness of the sound. And especially if you've got like a nice, nice sound system, you can even hear like the shape of the room that they recorded in. So it's like a really yeah. cool, um, way to experience music that like forces you to sit with it and actually be with it just by the nature of the medium, honestly, because you have to kind of babysit mm -hmm. records. So like every 22 minutes, you have to flip the thing over, switch out which record you're listening to in the sleeve. And just because like, you can't really throw it on and walk away, you become more involved in what you're listening to. And I, I think that since people can't go to shows and have like, or clubs or anything like that and have like a music experience out in public, they've sort of leaned into personal and private music experiences. The trading card aspect of it is also a really big part. Like yeah. I've I've noticed there are a lot of people I'm selling like Mac Miller records to who I know don't own turntables, but they just want the merch, which is fine because that still pays for my health insurance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a few different points there that I would maybe touch on. For for one thing, uh here at our house, we just got my record player set up in the living room. I had not I in the apartment I lived in before this I never bothered setting it up because I tend to not bother to do things, even if they will make my life better, but it's set up here now. And um, yeah, it, you're absolutely right. It, it involves you with, you're like doing something when you're listening, mm -hmm. when you have a panel, which is something that it, I'm just sort of getting back into now. I'm also rediscovering a bunch of records I forgot I had, which is cool, but, uh, and uh, it's different. I'm almost like, I'm not used to it yet because I stopped doing it. And it and it's like as someone who tends to crave like constant stimulation, it's it's a change of pace. But I definitely think people not being able to go to shows, I agree, would be a contributing factor. A lot of people were not necessarily working too, so they're home alone. I would also note that's a huge part. Yeah. For people who were working from home or something and are maybe a little more well off, we did get a stimulus check too, which if you don't need that for uh, necessities, you mm. will spend it on fun stuff, which yep. would include records. Oh yeah, the trading card card thing is huge too. Like, because I feel like I've gotten the impression that collecting in general is maybe making a resurgence. I get, we touched on Funko Pops earlier. That's like another thing. Like people like collectibles now, which um, is maybe on some level people being in a position of. Uh, consuming all the time anyway. All you could really do is consume. Mm -hmm. consume. So if you want to imbue that with some sort of meaning, becoming a collector. Yeah, you, you start to, to curate yeah. your consumption. And, I, you yes, know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's 
a little bit of a shame, but in terms of like ways to sort of swap out your personality for consumption, uh, vinyl collecting definitely is an easy one to be like, my personality is record collector. It's not the worst one. You know, it's not my personality is Funko pop collector. Like I want to talk to a record collector. I don't want to talk to someone who only collects, you know, Gunpla. I would say Funko pops to me represent the absolute worst. And we were talking about this earlier, Jake. Uh, Funko Pops represent the worst aspects of consumerism and like fan fan bases because with action figures, like a Star Wars action figure from like the 80s, we'll say like the late 80s or something like that, a kid was intended like yeah. the idea was, yes, they were going to sell them because it is just something to make money. But like ultimately, a kid, there's an auxiliary reason for it. Kids can play with it, have fun, you know, work, you know, act out their favorite scenes interact with other kids and stuff like that. That makes sense. Funko Pops have yeah. no auxiliary reason other than to sit on the sh- sit somewhere and just look like look at something and almost exclusively inside of a box. So So I think for a lot of people too. They look stupid too. Yeah, I think that it's a cultural in a, signifier in a for people who works in offices, exactly. So that you, when your coworker yes, comes yeah. in, they can see, oh, you're an X-Files fan, too. It's it's the punk vest of the office worker. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly I what I I work in said. an office, and I fucking see them there. I work in an office with, like, engineers and shit. I'm not, I don't do that stuff, but there's fucking, I see them there. My One of my friends posed a challenge to me. He was like, if I got you a Glenn Danzig Funko Pop, would you put it in your cubicle? And Because I love, I'm a Danzig fanatic. And I had to say no because it's like the 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 Funko Popness outweighs the the importance of Danzig in my mind. And Dick, I, I, I have don't something have... to show you. I know this is an audio medium. Keep going. So yeah, but but a record, yeah, the auxiliary purpose is hard to get away from there. So as far yeah. as things to collect, I bought this photograph from my friend Drew, who lives in Los Angeles. Um, it's, oh shit! It's illegal. There he is. It's the boy. He's buying discount meat at a Korean grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the one of two physical prints of this because Drew tried to start selling this image and immediately just got like completely slammed with cease and desists from Glenn. Uh, for, for, yeah, for context, uh, Dormy just showed us a photo of Danzig looking rather bad. I've seen him look worse. It's not as bad photo. as the cat litter photo, but it's pretty close. It's, it's up there with the him bad, washing yeah. his car photo. <laughs> his records are expensive by the way oh those my are, god talk about rare, fucking yeah. trading card collecting oh really every Is goddamn that... misfit it, it's 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 always pop punk dudes for some reason want to add misfits records to their collections and they get mad when i tell them that i'm sorry you can't have this misfits record it sells for like two thousand dollars on discogs and they've never repressed it and they're like that's messed up like yeah nope welcome to the culture yeah yeah well it's because misfits interestingly and i think it it really is because they had a cool logo i guess yeah they're a great band t-shirt band yeah they punched above their weight for that reason in terms of about them like if you look at the reality of that band and also because dancing was in the band but that band was like an 80s hardcore band that was like probably maybe as well known as minor threat like not not a band that like a sum 41 guy would normally know but because there was such a t-shirt thing it's like every loser i met that didn't really know about punk still knew about like normies know about the misfits because Because it's the power of marketing yeah i want to know if you can buy a misfits t-shirt at walmart is that something jerry only is allowed to happen 
I would assume so, but I don't know. Maybe not anymore. I I, I'm not sure. Um, I know. I remember they had Ramones everywhere. Yeah, I, I feel like that'd be a, something that. Yeah, I don't. Misfits. I don't think we're even as big as Minor Threat. But the the reason why they only the only reason they I, one of the big reasons yeah. they got big is because I mean a Danzig continued to fucking make music and I think that made a huge fucking impact. Yeah. And also like uh, Metallica covered Misfits I think a couple times, and I think that puts them in front of a huge audience yeah they oh man the video of them there's a video of them were there any misfits or danzig songs on the tony hawk soundtracks i want to say no but i'm not i don't know for sure maybe spiritually feels like there should be but i i feel like there is i feel like there is now i want to know i'm I'm looking it up okay we're we're all like mid-range millennials and so i feel like all of us probably it's on some level had like uh was it last correct here that um that experience on, on the later one the tony hawk's american wasteland it has the my chemical romance cover of astro zombies it's mcr doing that song and like loki i've heard that and it's uh, it's not bad i kind of like it mm. um that's from that's- 2005 though yeah, that might be. I think it's just Tony Hawk soundtrack. What important? It is an important soundtrack. I think it's extremely. The Tony Hawk soundtrack was low key, very, very formative for like lots of people I know was was playing those Tony Hawk games and hearing old punk bands, which is funny. Yeah, that's cool. They though. did that that Grand Theft Auto game where they have like a New York hardcore radio station. That that like for a loop when I heard about that sheer terror is on GTA like what the why what yeah, is happening right. why is I mean get that bag though yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah it works in the context of the game too not that I, full disclosure I'm not a gamer I, I don't I, I was out of work for a week and I played Oblivion way too much as Tyler would recall but I haven't come back to it since then <laughs> I'm out of work right um, now because um I have coronavirus and uh have had it and will be out of work for a while, unfortunately, because of how badly I've gotten coronavirus. Um, yeah. But I've started getting back into gaming really heavily because I need to kill time somehow. Um, oh, it's a great time to do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, Animal Crossing is now the only source of structure in my life. <laughs> <laughs> the animals depend on you, so that's... that's they don't. That's the worst part. There's no goals for this game. I just buy outfits and grow flowers, and that is enough to give me the satisfaction of having done work while I'm mostly just sleeping all day. It's like having so depression, except the doctor tells me I have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's less, it's less. And uh, I have depression on top of it. It's really yeah, a yeah. fucking time. <laughs> so less responsibility than Neopets even because mm. they're not on yeah, you. no, the animals don't die if you don't go there. So, like, during the original <laughs> shutdowns, I, I played and uh, then didn't log on until two weeks ago when mm. I found out I was going to be locked in my bedroom for ten days. Uh, yeah. And they just kind of, like, guilt-tripped me a little bit. for Like, I had NPCs coming up to me being like, oh, Stormy, how long has it been since you've been on the island? <laughs> has it been seven months? I'm like... <laughs> I guess Damn. I guess so. The only noticeable thing that <laughs> happened was that my house on the island had cockroaches because I hadn't cleaned it in seven months. Which okay. having been a depressed person, it takes longer than seven months to get roaches if you don't clean your space. But that's I've just, never gotten roaches, thank God. Me neither. And I've yeah. lived in some pretty gross situations. <laughs> Same here, yeah. No roaches, but we had bed bugs at our last spot at the end. 
That's oh, a no. big reason why we moved. We like almost that's way worse. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. So it sucked so much. It wasn't that like it wasn't that bad. Um, like it was never like an infant. Like oh my god, I can't even like sleep in my bed. But it was enough to where uh, it became so annoying that we were just like we have to get the fuck out of here. But we did like we cleaned like enough and like did a good job to like they didn't like you. I'd go like two weeks without a bed bug bite, so that's good. But I also read it was like, oh, it could take up to a year for them to all go away. And I was like, all right, well, um, yeah, I guess that's not happening. I don't know. It sucked. Yeah, that, ho- that house was not even particularly filthy. I've lived in way worse places. Well, I read that. I don't think I had bed bugs. I read that, like, bed bugs, like, being dirty isn't, like, a factor. Like, it's, it's not about dirtiness. No, it's it just about, happens. Like, and bed bugs were almost extinct. I believe that indoor heating is what brought bed bugs back to like from the brink of extinction. We gotta get we gotta get rid of indoor heating. Yeah. Yeah, every and day. You wanna really we wake fight up, climate change. <laughs> Stop yeah. heating your house. <laughs> if you don't see your breath uh, that's, when that's, you wake I'm up, just you're imagining a <laughs> I'm just imagining a Varg Vickern's YouTube video now, like Stop using indoor heating. <laughs> Does indoor heating cause infects insect infestation? Let's find out. <laughs> Did you know that those <laughs> exist because of civilization? If you cannot see your breath, I, the accent keeps shifting. The Scandinavian one isn't that bad, but I'm like can't keep it up. But yeah, that is a very varg pilled take that we need to not use indoor heating because you'll get insects and. Presumably, he would use the insects as a metaphor for a particular from what I know about Bart, but regardless. <laughs> That's um, what I was going to say. It's yeah. like at the end, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not really talking about bed. No, I'm really just talking I, uh, about, uh, I, sent, I sent Tyler a screen grab <laughs> from Twitter that was Varg talking about how everyone needs to stop bathing because we couldn't select good mates seen unless that, we were able to that. smell them. Yep, yep. Fucking galaxy brained. And then the person's Lovely. like, Varg, we're not dogs. We can pick people who we want to be with. And Varg just wrote out the word sigh. <laughs> Shut up, Varg. Shut the fuck up, Varg. <laughs> not now. I think my, all, my all-time favorite from him was when he said that, like, plows were invented, like, in the uh, in the Levant. And, and basically the take he had was that agriculture was a Semitic plot to undermine <laughs> Europeans. It's just, it's great. Cause he's like racist, et cetera, but he has a unique take on it where he's like, no, like our people, not the Roman empire, not the third Reich. Our people were at our absolute best when we were literally living in shit. <laughs> not incredible. Like, do you think they liked that? They hated it. Like, what the yeah, fuck? we came up with this so we wouldn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> also, I like moron. that he thinks that agriculture was invented by Semitic people. Oh no! Like, read one <laughs> fucking Wikipedia article. Yeah. Oh man. Like so, that, agriculture be- predates Judaism by like <laughs> thousands. Thousands of years. Like the length of time between the invention of agriculture and the invention of Judaism is like 10 times greater than the invention of Judaism and now. Like, yeah, 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 shut up, yeah. Varg. If you're going to so, have yeah, hot takes, be- like, uh, 
an infuriating human being. I love to people watch him, but he makes me so angry. One of the best people to people watch. So yeah, uh, stay tuned for our special guest next week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Episode? (laughs) The Kings of Where Jake and Varg just argue about the, like, history of magic and see who can get angrier at each other about whose masturbation sigils work better. <laughs> and Vargas like, well, mine do not work because I do not practice onanism. <laughs> yeah, go for the clean method of charging what? them with farting. <laughs> Which you can't actually fire off a sigil with a fart, fun fact. <laughs> Put that one in your pocket for later if you need to retain your essence for any reason. <laughs> I do not I do not use pockets are anti-European <laughs> pockets. I I can't use satchel only. <laughs> I've allowed well, a woman to carry a fanny pack. The pockets are not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I have his RPG here. That's gonna yes. be like a Patreon episode. That is we, uh, just an announcement RPG. to our fans. When we eventually set up a Patreon, that'll probably be the first series. Um, I I don't want to do typical boring stuff, and I, I think that would be one of the funnest things. Is my one of my favorite chapos are the ones where they do the uh, Lovecraft the tabletop theory ones. They're so good and. I'm I just, just re-listened to that whole arc because I have so much time to kill. Yes. Oh, it's so, it's so good. H.P. Lovecraft was, uh, oddly enough, more racist than Varg Vickerns, or, but in a comparably psychotic way. So that's that's yeah, that is in, in the same tradition. I could have I could have changed him. You know, is, like I would. Do you think Varg is bold enough to name his? Uh, <laughs> you could change him. Yeah, I could have. I could have changed. <laughs> yeah, Varg is racist, I but I can it. fix him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was talking about no. I was talking about HP Lovecraft. I can't Var- change Varg. Varg probably like thinks I'm. Oh. Like a, I don't know what. That would be. Can Varg go on cameo? Oh, he thinks that he he's still on. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, that would rule. I don't know. He, he definitely thinks Italians aren't white. Those those are good when, when he gets into people on Twitter about that. Um, mm. It's a classic take. Uh, I think Stormy was going to make a comment about Varg naming his pet something. And, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I can <laughs> Is he bold know. enough to name his pet the do. same way that Lovecraft named his cat? <laughs> is that, is he, or is he too much of a bitch to actually do it? <laughs> I named, this is my goldfish. It's named. <laughs> Gamer word. <laughs> <laughs> You can bleep the the case the case slur, but <laughs> you know what? No, no, no. Var- Varg is too galaxy brained. He doesn't believe in pets. I, I like the idea of him having a goldfish, though. That's, I mean, <laughs> it would be having a yeah. cat for this him. This is the animal that keep in bondage. Having a cat for His him would be too me. much. I think he would be like I have like I want an animal that can like survive on its own. And the fact that I had, I would have to maybe feed a cat or like take care of it anyway. Well, I guess he would. Ha- it would just live outside, and it would just be like a, a small. Oh friend yeah, he, he could have see. outdoor pets. Honestly, honestly, he probably doesn't believe in like keeping animals in bondage. That's something he would be against. He's like a. He probably thinks that's a Semitic plot too. Having pets. 
honestly, like knowing him, like Vargas is an ethical to, vegan. You have to let them run free. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. I would love to see he and Morrissey sit down for thoughts on having animals in bondage. They would. It'd be good because their their horrible politics would still be at odds with oh, each totally. other. I think. <laughs> so they would be fighting about that. I know Varg hates Britain and the West with a like absolute passion. So yeah, that would be a great discussion. That would that would be fantastic. All right, let's let's move on. What else you got, Tyler? Should we go into the segment, you know, and then come back to other real music talk? What's what's yeah? What's the segment? Okay, I asked if I there was show to... prep, and you said don't worry about it. So. This is, I, the, so to our listeners, this is going to be a reoccurring segment. It's called, Is It, is it? Sketch? And the premise is, <laughs> oh, God. I will show you Good guys a band. I'll show you discussion. a snippet. Yeah, perfect, right? Uh, I will show you a snippet of a song, and I will, like, yeah. I, that's all it's going to be. And you can determine, A, is it sketchy? And by, now, just to clarify to our listeners. Uh, me and Jake have a little bit of a different opinion on what we consider scotch, but ultimately, yeah, because we had, we had a dispute about this. Uh, and maybe Stormy, you can uh, interject here. When I when I think of sketchy a, a sketchy band, normally we're talking about bands that play black metal that have either questionable politics, like hmm, are they Nazis, or these are Nazis. Like there is no question about it. I I put them under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Not just Nazis, I, um, and you know, it could be racism. It could just be, you know, like being really shitty. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Is it fascist? The game I play you with. Cut out it. there for a second. Yeah, I I think my threshold is like, uh, would I feel guilty handing five dollars to that person if I to met them in yeah, person? Yeah, that's a good rule. That's a good rule. And yeah. if I wouldn't even want to fucking talk to them, then probably not. Like, I I don't listen to Burzum for that reason. I don't want to give Varg money. Um, I think if you really want to listen to stuff like that, you can either legally stream it or download it or buy used copies of it because you're not materially advancing a really harmful agenda. So like, I still, you know, I've listened to Burzum, obviously. I like black metal um, and I like, I really like Burzum. It's great, but I make it a point not to just like, you know, there are a lot of drugs I really like that are fucking great, but I don't do them yeah. because it's not good for me or the people around me. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Um, some, I, I think with, with that band in particular, like I, I, I personally would say there's not really anything wrong with illegally listening to it. Like you said, because with the other thing with that band that would distinguish them from a lot of other black metal bands and other bands is notably his views do not come up in the lyrics, which is in contrast to a lot of other right. stuff. Whereas, if they did, then you also get into the question of, I have to keep this at a distance because I don't want to be influenced by it or whatever. I don't want to give money to anyone who uses their platform to push. No, definitely, definitely not agendas. giving money. Um, yeah, 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 so definitely that's, not. That's a line I draw. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I found out yeah. recently that Alcest has some really fucking sketchy backgrounds. Um, he was in like okay. uh, pe- Pest Noir. They're a, they're really? a French black. He was in Pest Noir. Yeah. He was in studio drug. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was their studio drummer when he was like a teenager and he since like disavowed all of it, but I found myself being like, Yeah, your name is Snow though. Like uh and also the French don't have the best attitudes towards people of color. So I, I've I've moved them from the I'll support them to the I'll buy used or like 
stream it from places where they're not getting money list. Um, I, I think there's I'm also something the- to, are you an edgelord who's super cringy and doing this? Or do you actually earnestly believe it? And then also the nuance to that is, even if you're a cringe lord who's doing it, are you creating a space for people who genuinely believe those things to feel safe in? Mm-hmm. Well, or a space for your to genuinely believe it. Yeah, also true. Think that you don't. And, 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 and on the note about France, I'm actually doing BDS for France, so that is completely not on the yeah. table for me anyway. Uh, <laughs> the French, <laughs> I that did that does surprise that when you said that about Alsace, it kind of surprises me. But at the same time, knowing that like a lot of France and like sketchy black metal kind of goes hand in hand, and they have like a pretty prolific black metal scene with like the. Um, mm-hmm. The black not black toilet circle or whatever it is not not the black toilet circle um the LLN like bands and stuff like that that kind that just makes sense every it's safe to assume that almost every single person if they've been in black metal at the very least or have ties to like the '90s stuff they are associated with some sketchy bands yes or they're friends with like at the very least they're like I'm friends with them. Uh, I listened, I bought their demos as I, you know, because back then, well, in the 90s, yeah. that, I don't think it was like as prominent. It was just like. Yeah. No, it wasn't. And, and with, with it was, 90s, it black, was definitely more but, edgelord versus like now race relations are way more tense, way different. Those people actually sincerely believe it and are like organizing and militarizing. Whereas in the 90s, it was just like, oh, I'm going to do something to piss the, off my World War II veteran parent. Like yeah. it, it was Gen and Xers it, pissing off their parents. He, well, even actually younger than that. I mean, what I was going to say about 90s black metal with Burzum and Mayhem, whatever. Those guys, if I recall correctly, Euronymous was a little bit older, but the rest of them were like kids, basically, yeah. which is why the black metal, the church burnings and shit is so crazy. They were they were like kids being edgy. And, and notably, Varg has retconned a lot of his personal history. He's like, I was always a national socialist since I was 10 years old. And it's like, dude, shut up. Like, you were a child like don't give me that shit like you went to prison and you got edgier and and got into that stuff like i I don't buy it so it's worth contextualizing in that regard and also those guys were in scandinavia which is a very different context in the united states it's like all white people pretty much i don't want to erase anybody but it's not it's less diverse than france or britain even but also they have a uh scandinavia's position in world war ii is interesting and and not really talked about and i understand why they wouldn't sort of want to not you know they don't want a cop said that they took the money and hit it you know yeah yes yeah 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 (laughs) people wonder why we aren't doing anything in world war ii we're just gonna hold on yeah well people yes yeah i wonder how many (laughs) people later like with finland like they essentially like were sided with the fucking nazis like they fought against russia like and people wonder why like Oh, Finland is another one, yeah. You know, people wonder why, like, there's, like, so many Finnish bands that are, like, you know, like, Goat Moon and shit like that. And it's, like, it's, like, kind of ingrained in them. It's, like, kind of, like, a part of, you know, it's, not, like, anti-communism, at the very least, is, like, ingrained. Well, because they saw the USSR, yeah. As a threat. But Finland, and I, I got to give, of course, a little shout-out to Ukraine here for having oh. a unique position that, since... Uh, that country has some wild shit going yeah, on. They're that, on uh, one, fully. About. They are on. They are fully on one, and uh, it's not talked about enough. And uh, yeah, black metal. 
like a part <laughs> of that. But um, so I don't. We had a good bit a while. Yeah, go on. Oh, the about how you know. I remember. So I remember. You maybe you listened to it, Stormy. The, like the, the, I think that, it's the first episode, <laughs> or first or second, where I was. And this is a year or so ago. I listened to was all talk- the eps. Someone, oh, really? I love the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I remember talking to someone and they were like, oh, you know, the, these records are like supporting like these organizations. Yeah, I guess to an extent, but like in, especially in the Ukraine, that's like the whole like Nazism thing. That's literally like the state is like giving them money. You think the state is like, and like probably our state. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was what I was about to say too. It, it's yeah, not yeah. like they're not like we love man, funding <laughs> radical groups. It's not like they were Damn. like rebels. We didn't yeah. sell yeah. enough LPs, <laughs> so we can't buy a tank this time, guys. Like, sorry, that's we <laughs> we, we we must do more selling of four. And we live in a world we now where of the four. Like, how many actual musicians can make a living on their music alone? Even just even like, with everything combined with the music. Probably not, because like if you have a band, it's probably like two to three, four guys. So, in my mind, I th- I, th- I fall in this weird dichotomy where like simultaneously, it's like Schrodinger's musician, where uh, and I'm not trying to be sympathetic to these people, but just a heads up. But it's simultaneously you can't make money playing extreme music, but simultaneously all the money that like every every dollar you give to like anything you do to like all these like sketchy bands is somehow funding a like a global movement and it's like i thought there was no money like these guys are pressing 500 maybe like 300 lps like i just don't like i'm not saying that you shouldn't but like i think we're stretching it a little too big i think these guys just have probably really good jobs and this I is mean, a hobby to I think them. it's i think it's platform versus actual income like yeah so yeah. it's it's the currency of clout instead of actual money like yeah that makes sense i do like the <laughs> we Sir, yeah, we have to sell more four-panel long sleeve <laughs> by bazooka. <laughs> a bazooka is still a weapon. That feels like an old school thing to say. They probably have something else now. Dude, we yeah, buy Israeli drone using shirt design. Fascist and buying Israeli weaponry? Like... Let's talk about a conflict of principles there. A lot of times. I know it has, but let's talk about that conflict of principles for a second. I mean, they they both want him to leave Europe and go there, so I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. Well, you know, let's get into this. Should probably I edit gotta... that out. I don't need them. I don't need them like coming. They're gonna hack the podcast and take it off. But yeah, yeah let's get well, into. Yeah. So you're gonna play play us something, and we have to tell you if you think it's racist. Or Let not, me right. I gotta figure. Can out I do like to... a one out of ten? <laughs> if you know if you know the you know and oh, this sorry, is you something... broke up a little bit there tyler oh i'm sorry can you hear me okay can you guys hear me okay now yep okay yeah i gotta figure out i'm gonna drop the link in the chat i don't know how i, I was trying to play it so we all could hear it at the same time but i don't know uh if i can do that like i said I, this is very this is something kind of new for uh um, if you screen share on Zoom and turn on okay. your computer audio, you can do that. Now, how do I turn on my computer audio? I'm, I'll probably edit some of this out. If you send me the link, out. I should be able to get it to play across the chat for all of us. Okay. Let me send you the... You put it all in a folder here. No, no. Let them know that we're boomers. Yeah. 
Listen, I'm a huge dumbass with computers. Uh, I work a blue collar job, so I can't do my my dumb job that sucks over uh over uh fucking Zoom. I have to be there. You know, unlike you millennials, yep. you don't understand that working with your hands. So I'm gonna do that while we're doing. I just have one... to tell people that Weezer's a good band, and then they give me money. It's a cool job. <laughs> yeah. Did you like, know that half of my job is just valid dating lonely men that their taste in music is good. Your your job is buying uh, good rats LPs from from people. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you know that? Um... Wear a lot of hats. Okay. Did yeah, you know that yeah. Andrew Cuomo and Chris Cuomo are related to Rivers Cuomo? Yes. I did know that it's the same Cuomo family. Which means oh. that Weezer is a psyop. Oh, fuck. I got to no, put that not, in my actually. list. Hold I on. lied. We- well, I'm putting it on the list anyway. Weezer <laughs> is a psyop. Um, so I do a Twitch stream every other week. And the, uh, the episode we're doing on Saturday is mil- Military Industrial Pop Culture Complex. Oh, hell so yes. We're ta- a lot there, so yeah. Oh, it's like a very wealthy spring. You know about into. the uh, the Laurel Canyon stuff, right? From the oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, absolutely. That's the Jim Morrison's dad was part started of started Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? And then, like, oh my god, the Manson stuff. Like his ties to the medical clinics that were funded by the government are really interesting uh-huh, and sketchy. Uh-huh. So we're yeah, get, we're yeah, really yeah. going to get into that. We're starting it off with jo- Josie and the Pussycats. The movie is a documentary. What I don't know if either of you have seen. The Pussycats. I know about the movie. I didn't know that it's a, a psyop. It's it's um it basically talks about like the music industry using subliminal messaging to sell children products, but also convince them to join the military, which like also is just what Yankee Uxo is about. Um, or that episode of The Simpsons, the Yvonne Yet Niaj. Yep, I have one. that in the video links for it. That the point bad. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. That was a good later Simpsons episode. I got really mad uh, a couple nights ago because I was reading about how modern art from the mid-century in the U.S. is like completely CIA-funded propaganda. Yep. And then I got yep. extra livid because my minor in college was in modern art history. And then I was like, did I seriously just fucking pay to be indoctrinated with CIA bullshit? Like, <laughs> I got so mad. I'm like, I'm in so much fucking student loan debt. And what do I have to show for it? That I bought into the CIA's bullshit about modern art? God damn it. That's okay. You know, if it's good, then it's good. <sighs> I like futurist art. It's, futurist art is just like the predecessor of fascism. The art's good. Yeah. Yeah, they were really on one. But it's it's weird to see very much um, on one sort of an echoing now of like uh their their psychedelic principles somehow leading them to fascism like that happens kind of periodically like yeah, it makes you sense. know they got into Checks like out. psychedelic woo woo which also happened with the Nazis and I mean look at the Q shaman good lord there's someone who's into psychedelic woo woo oh my god oh yeah and that guy's also a snitch by the way that dude's about to testify against Donald Trump They're which is all snitches. Of course. I mean, to be fair, we I think our whole society is a society of snitches now. That's just a given. Um, I, I guess we'll see where that leads. But yeah, they're all just singing like fucking birds. Cause of I love that um, uh, proud boy who turned out to be an informant. Oh, my God. Yo. Just a fed. Well, but but it, it, it's like, this, is, this is a huge tangent. But just to be clear, like that was a guy who was like the leader. Yeah, of the no, I know. Boys, so 
<laughs> you're you're not he's not just informing like he's, he's leading the yeah. crowd voice on behalf of the fbi gosh it really sounds like what we did with so uh, radical moderates in the middle east isn't it where we just put our people in well, charge and, and, of them and then yep, hang and, them out to dry once we're mm-hmm. done with them and Operation Gladio, which we've already talked yes. about Gladio on this podcast, I'm sure. But um, okay, so we have a Google Drive link here from Tyler. And, oh, and yeah. Tyler, recap the premise of the segment again in case okay. we have to edit this or if people forgot because we're doing a lot of tangents here, which is I'm fine with. But So we're going to listen to three songs. There are three songs. I, now, I am the host, of course. So Stormy and Jake are going to have to determine if it is sketch or not sketch. It's a it's, it's like a 30 or 40 second clip of a song. And I did it purposefully. I chose something okay. that's I didn't choose just, you know, all one thing or all nothing. Maybe I did actually. Maybe I'm lying to you. Um, but I wanted it to, to, to be where it's because I don't think you can tell if something is sketchy upon hearing it. Maybe sometimes you kind of can. I mean, with lyrics and stuff, but within metal, like most of the time you can never do. You can't understand it. There's no racist core okay, so, to play. Not with that attitude. <laughs> no. Fuck, man. I, I'm not thinking outside the box enough. <laughs> What's the brown note of racism? You could definitely play a racist riff. That's a real thing. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've, I've written riffs that had opinions. Live All right. So. Okay. So it's. It, um, pull this up. Do either of you two know how to share audio through Zoom? Because I actually do if you want me to do it. If you know how to do it, you should. Yeah, if you I know think. how to yeah. do it, you cool. should. I'm going to... Okay, cool. We're there. So you guys should be seeing my screen at the yes. moment. And let's fire up this track. You want us to listen to uh, number one, Dot Wave? Yeah. Let's do the first one. Yeah, let's start with... Okay. We are three. All right. Okay. So immediately okay. I would want to do some homework on this band because <laughs> I found that bands that use synthesizers like that sometimes are problematic. And then also the we are two versus we are three thing. Is this someone who's into the occult and is kind of bashing with it? Or is this someone who's into the occult and just a nerd? So this is my take. Yeah, sorry, Jake. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. I would just want, I would take, want to do homework on them first. My take is that anyone who's blatantly trying to sound like it sounds new to me. And I think if you're trying to sound like death in June that hard in 2021, you probably actually aren't racist because I, I feel like if you were actually into those politics, you would feel bad about ripping off death in June that much. Cause it sounds it just exactly like death in June. Like you would have enough respect for Douglas P to not rip him off that hard if you agreed with him. Whereas like if you didn't agree with him, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to make diet death in June, which is what this sounds like, except there's no wind chimes. Nap in June. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right. So <laughs> nice. So I think we can Wait, say it's safe to, to say. Is, well, let's let's figure out. Well, let's go over the let's go over each artist as we go to it. So just to clear, be clear, Stormy, you think sketchy. Jake, you think not sketchy. I I, I don't. Using your like definition of the term, no. Okay. I would want to make an informed decision before giving this band money. Okay, they got they got a, they, It makes you feel makes you feel off just by it's like ah, someone's someone's up here. They they, I, they I would, played the racist note. They hit the racist note. Okay. <laughs> I would listen. I would listen to Death in June on YouTube and give no one give no one money. But uh, <laughs> that's fine. Okay. Well, two so. To be clear, so with this artist, this is the band Blood Axis. Oh shit! I know and that band. Never mind. If you know who this is, <laughs> now see this is this is one where I think they are like sketchy and like what you think, Jake. Is that like maybe? Yeah. Should, should maybe I give my definition? Are? Yes. Give your definition. Yeah. Yeah. So so I have I have a sort of different interpretation of this term with music and Tyler does because to me like. Screwdriver is not a sketchy band. Like I know what Screwdriver is, right? Like it's the guys that were in National Front. Like I, I know what that so is. So if they're Whereas, trying to hide their shitty politics, then they're sketchy. Yeah, or it, if it's ambiguous, which using that definition, I guess this definitely is. And Blood Axis, I, I am, I've like listened to that band before, and um, yeah, that would definitely fall in that category. Then I think um, they're. I, I, I think agree. that's pretty ambiguous. Um, the I, deal. Did you? What is? What is the biography with this band? You know who you know who's in this band, actually. Who is Michael Moynihan? Oh shit! Who, yeah, that's who did the Lords of Chaos book? He's done other books too. He did a book with um, Doctor Stephen Flowers about like Nazi occultism, which I haven't read. But um, and you Doctor Flowers, yeah. You know who we shared an apartment with? Boyd Rice. Yes, right. <laughs> which that is like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. ooh, go. okay, okay. We're getting. We're getting, it's like, are you like upfront, like the imagery and stuff like that? That is a band where it's like, if someone didn't know, if someone like couldn't see the signs or like didn't understand, I understand that. It's not like a swastika's on the cover or something like that. But at the same time, eh. the band is called Blood Axis. Yeah, I was about to say, calling your band Blood Axis <laughs> is a pretty big fucking dog whistle. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to, let's move on to number two. All right, let me find out this. I remember that band having good records. That record uh, that it's from, I do, I do uh, like Blood Axis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, out myself here. I do like that band. I do like some of the. I'm not a huge Marshall Industrial like neo folk kind of guy, but there are a couple. I mean, obviously, I like Death and Jane. I like Marshall Industrial. Um, have you ever heard of of? I like Dare Blue Touch. Is a good Marshall Industrial. Of the Wand and the Moon, I think that that one's really good too. That's like a more newer. That one. I haven't heard. I'll put it out there. My, I think the best neo folk al- album is "The Blade" by Soul Invictus. That band rules. That guy was like a National Front guy in the '80s, but he he disavowed all that stuff. I think pretty stridently. So, yeah, Soul Invictus, "The Blade" is I think better than any Di Six record, in my opinion. For half a second, I thought you were going to say the best folk metal or whatever you were saying band was "The Blade," and then I thought you were going to say "The Blade" soundtrack. <laughs> I just you got me with you got me with folk metal now. I was gonna say my favorite racist band is Corpaclani. Um 
okay. Let's um <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I'm gonna take the host trains from Tyler real quick and say we're gonna move on from this one. <laughs> uh, geez, Tyler's I'm holding the talking stick now. Okay. <laughs> um okay, so <laughs> number two. Okay. So same thing I said as the last one. I heard him name drop Woden in it. So I immediately want to do my homework, whether these are cringy wizards or if these are white supremacists. Not mutually exclusive, to be fair. Also but true, yeah. true. Um, but, but there are definitely <laughs> cringy occultists who aren't um, white yeah, supremacists. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm tempted to give a similar take to the one I had last time, namely that I think if Tyler showed us something that was in German and then it was racist, that would be too easy. Um, so I guess it's a judgment on him. But uh, why don't you enlighten us about? I didn't catch the Woden name drop either. But so what's up with what's up with these guys? This is well uh, heavy metal guys. Stormy, you you are correct. This is uh, this is full now. See, this is full sketch. We're talking. This is absurd. This is the band, the song "Die Fry Hamkam." I'm batting really bad today. You can hear the hate in his vocals. So this is this is your fault. Yeah, I was about to say, like he doesn't sound like he's in a good place in his life. That's how German always sounds. That is true. That's just how it sounds. Kraftwerk did it without sounding like Nazis. But they sound like yeah, robots. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it crossed, they figured out how to speak I, yeah. German without sounding like Nazis. They just don't sound human either. Yeah, you have to be robotic, yeah. Damn, see, I it crossed my mind. I was like, is this absurd? Then I was like, no, that would be too easy. But I'm overthinking things as always. I've just been like, oh, this is absurd. Yeah, they killed a guy or whatever. Although, yeah, do you know about When they absurd, killed the guy, Stormy? wasn't it not like racially motivated? I think they just killed... I don't know the lore of absurd, so please enlighten me and the fans who don't know. So Absurd is a black metal band from, like, I guess they were kind of also, like, more RAC in their first, like, early years. Where they started, yeah, and then they became a metal band. And uh, they had... Their stuff sucks, too, by the way. Yeah, it, most of their stuff sucks, um, from what I've, like, listened to. Because I know people who are like, oh, it's pretty good. And it's like, is it? Like, this... Dude, some of their stuff sounds like pop punk. It's weird. So... I mean, I like black metal, and I wouldn't choose to listen to that just yeah, aesthetically yeah. either. I'm um, trying to take a nap when I'm listening to black metal. Thank you. They they ended up killing their classmate in cold. See, I, why I think absurd is like more evil than like mayhem uh, is because uh, they just like this was like super planned, and this was for almost like he was like the classmate was like spreading rumors about them so they were like we're gonna just gonna kill him and then they served time in jail some of them i believe and then one of them released an album um using the kid that they killed like grave 
as like part of the album cover is very fucked up. Yeah. And they are like straight up like, yeah, they're they're German, so they're also like straight up not they are like straight up like sketchy Nazi dudes. And I believe Mo, uh, Mobius or whatever, Morpheus or whatever the singer's name, whatever the one main dude's name is, he was like he recently like snitched in jail. Um so what Morpheus? Approves, yeah, more it's I don't know, it's something stupid. It's like Mobius or something like that. Maybe maybe it's Moby, I don't know. Um Morpheus. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, mean, Moby's got the haircut for it. That's for sure. I mean, Moby from the Matrix was that it happened that way. Um, Wasn't it? It was just like a German kid. If fucking Moby was Morpheus in the Matrix and what a different movie that would be if he had the glasses and the trench coat and the whole look, but it was fucking Moby. And he's like, I'm going to take you down to the south side. Gwen Stefani's there. <laughs> remember that song? I bought oh, that. I do. Song. I remember I it very clearly. <laughs> I had the CD single. I think I bought it at your store. Probably. Um, oh my god. Anyway, but yeah, they just killed like a. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't like a hate crime though. They just killed some other like German kid, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it, it wasn't like. Wrong. Yeah, it wasn't. But, ra- uh, it wasn't like racially it's motivated. Shitty though. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it isn't shitty. I, it it's like, damn, like you fucking morons, like you have this ideology, but then you go to jail for like killing another white kid. I don't know. I guess it just shows that they're like insanely antisocial people first and foremost. Yeah. Like I, probably if if they didn't get into the Nazi thing, it would be fucking something else. Um, that would also lead to them to the same behavior the vibe of using the person you killed's grave as your album cover gives me big energy of when oj simpson put out if i did it yes of just yes. like yeah, yeah. except they're so stupid they didn't realize they wouldn't get away with it well they had already served their time when they did that album cover oh though, right? got it no? got it i think it was i could I be wrong Tyler, do you jail. know that yeah i think they were i mean jail. they did they did get they couldn't afford Cochran. Uh, Alan Dershowitz and Bob <laughs> Cardin were there, though. Dersh is like, Dersh you know, is they're, like good, oh. <laughs> they're a good band. You know, they they can play the instruments. <laughs> fucking Alan Dershowitz being like, yeah, I'll represent a- anti-Semitic white supremacists. Sure. Well, I mean, their their lo- money spends as well as anyone else's. He's, right? he's so committed to lying about everything. He'd be like, oh yeah, I love the tunes. The album is, is terrific. I, you know, it's really good, good stuff. Just like, just cause he can't not lie about things. He'd be like, yeah, I listened to the CD. I'm driving to work. It's great. I love it. You should probably like edit me doing that voice so that it sounds less <laughs> like I'm doing that voice, but just cause so that our, this isn't banned in Germany or something, but uh, um, <laughs> oh yeah, they got good tunes. <laughs> All right, Tyler, if you need to cancel Jake at any point, just isolate that audio. <laughs> we have a lot. We have um, really a, I can know. hear Jake echoing. You, are you guys in the same house? We are in the same house a little bit. We're we're in different. We're rooms. in the same house. Okay, yeah, I can hear Jake. You're echoing yeah, across, yeah. across your house and coming up on Tyler's mic as Let well. Jeez, uh, look, man, I, I like to, black yeah. metal. It's, it's really good to me. It's a good one. Okay, it's a good um, one. Do you guys want me to? Let's do, do the last the one. Clip? All right. Do, 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 do. 
Might have to just turn my microphone down a little bit. You better hope that your next person you play this with also knows how to uh, do this. All right. Okay, so that was the racist shags, everybody. Um, the what's the philosophy of the world? It's National Socialism. Uh, no, I don't know. That was wild, dude. Shit. Yeah, yeah. The shags is definitely the best way to wrap that up. I was going to say they reminded me of that band. Uh, I saw this one band open for Anne Caligon, um that had like a girl who played like recorder and violin fronting them and had about the same level of skill at recorder which is really hard to listen to if someone can't play it well I think we all remember music class from fourth grade Uh, yeah yeah and I don't uh, I'm going to say that it isn't sketch just because I don't think Tyler would make us listen to three sketch bands in a row so I'm metagaming right now bold Bold of you to assume yeah (laughs) I've been metagaming the whole time and I was wrong every time, but I guess I'll do the same thing because because otherwise this would be just kind of fucked this up. This is Tyler I making guess. us listen to sketchy music and showing our asses that, well, I proved that if you have an ear for it, apparently yeah. you can call bird dog aesthetics for things. Uh, but Jake, you might want to do research. <laughs> well, no, dude, I... I- no, listen, I am very good at doing that, but I was trying to metagame too hard. I was like, no, this would be too easy. He's trying to trick us, which I've done with other things in my life. I overthink everything. But no, you can you could definitely suss it out with this stuff, usually, I think. I I, I think I I'm pretty good at that. This one, for the record, like metagaming aside, met, metagaming aside, I don't get uh, uh, Volkish energy from this. Uh, I get some kind of fucking energy from it. I'm really curious what this is because... That was uh, that was kind of fucked up, but um, well, being shitty and having bad politics. <laughs> if you don't yeah. know, that was Thor's hammer, but not the racist one. We're talking about the Doom, the Death Doom band from the '90s, I believe. Um, ah, I see. Okay, that has the reason why, like she's singing. So, if you don't know. Stormy, you might not know. Thor's Hammer was a band. Oh, let me let me look them up real quick. They're from like C, I think Seattle or something like that, some of the Pacific Northwest. It's the two dudes, Greg Anderson and what's his face from Sun. It was their like okay. like the the singer. I forgot. I gotta look it up. One second. Here we go. Wait, what we just listened to is what turned into Sun. Yes. Okay, me... I kind of hear. Dude, I like Sun. I, I'm really shocked at how much I didn't like this. Can I derail for a split second? Yes. I, I looked this up, uh, Thor's Hammer, and what I found on Wikipedia was an article Thor's Hammer was an Icelandic rock band 
primarily active in the 1960s. Outside of Iceland, they are known among music collectors for their rare releases on Parlophone, sung in English and recorded in London for export. What? You really called the sex thing, huh? The 1960 60p, um, but this is a different band. Different band. Bamba, regarded as one of the rarest released records in the world and known to fetch prices for thousands of dollars when a copy surfaces. Their style can be described as garage rock, fuzz rock, and freak beat. Damn, I want to hear that record. Fucking Icelandic, like, British invasion shit from the 60s. That's probably tight as hell, honestly. Um, but that's a different band from, from this one or, and actually it even says here, Thor's Hammer should not be confused with the, here we go, the American metal band Thor's Hammer or the Polish NSBM band also named Thor's Hammer. Polish, another country where I will do my homework. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, no disrespect to Polish people or Ukrainians or finish or anybody but hey, you, you know historical Polish reasons people, I, okay. I was about to say full disrespect towards the polish <laughs> um, the one they, racism yeah. I'm all allowed is racism against the poles i don't cut that, out, cut that out cut that out no my great <laughs> my, my great grandparents did leave there for a reason but um yeah so that's a different Thor's hammer. I want to yeah. listen to the '60s one, but I, I can't do that on my own time. That one, that's, that's, that one is good. Really cool. You gotta, I would say you gotta listen to the album. But pretty much, the singer Runehild, she was like visiting the U.S. I think as like a foreign exchange student. So they just ended up doing a band for like a cup for a couple months, half a year or something like that. And they just put out like two things. And the was one it. from the the one from the '60s. No, 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 the one from the '90s, the not racist one. The, Oh, the one you're talking about, oh, the Doom Band. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. And then Stephen O'Man. Well, two out of Stephen, three of them aren't racist. It's not. It's a pretty good ratio, I think. Yeah, two out of three being not racist for a band called Thor's Hammer is pretty impressive. Yeah, That's true. A better Very true. Expected. And one of them is, and the, one of them from Scandinavia. Really, the Polish one is the only one that's a problem, I guess. Um, damn. Well, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the Wikipedia now. Just want to say. Icelandic names are crazy, and yeah. I always forget how crazy they are. What a language. Bjorg, Bjorgvin Haldorsson. Damn, what a tight. Yeah, they're great. They rule. Great country. That was, and that's, I guess, folks, that was, is it sketch? The least yeah. problematic of the Scandinavian countries. Yeah. All right, I will metagame less next time. Um I, next time we do this, you should let me pick the music because I have lots of fucking things to draw from here. Believe me. Um, I just know that you're going to pick a French oy band later, but... and it's just going to have saxophones and it's like, well, yeah, it's <laughs> racist. So it's easy. Yes, it will have the saxophones. <laughs> the, the ones that uh, weren't racist had saxophones too, though. That was just a thing with French skinheads, I yeah. guess. They put saxophones in their oi bands and it, it, in it works pretty well, actually. I read an article earlier. Uh, Stormy might appreciate this too. Uh, about this skinhead guy in West Germany in the eighties who who started a, a Marxist-Leninist organization, but specifically he was a Hojaist. He was a pro-Albanian anti-revisionist because you know China, USSR, no okay, good. Okay, I, I have to ask: Were you doing a bit, or are you actually a Hojaist? Because I've never met one before. That was a that was a bit. Okay. That was a. Bit. I was like um, reading about Hojism. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> Albanian front Marxist letter. Like, because I I as a bit, but somewhat earnestly, I'm a Posadist. So like, 
it's like it's about 50 percent a bit 50 percent honest like you know trotsky had a lot of great ideas and i, I like the way that jay posadas interpreted them but yeah, aliens it's, are it's also like, fucking sick and i really think it might take sick. the aliens coming for communism to happen because nothing else is working and, right right and, that makes and sense if you're gonna have fringe political views you might as well have fun with it and so go all the way out you know yeah, talking to dolphins doing acid meeting the space brothers like, sure sure that, that's that's just smart. as reasonable as expecting the democrats to do anything effective yeah that is I, i'll concede that might be as cool as being albanian yeah <laughs> um no, Hoja, that was a whole thing, though. It's a huge tangent, but, like, after the Sino-Soviet split, it became, like, there were Marxist parties all over the world who yeah. split off and had Hojaist sex, and they would sing, like, songs about Albania all over the world. No, I know. I'm familiar with yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's why I was, like, it caught me off guard under the age of 70. Like, that is a niche. <laughs> but yeah, there was a skinhead guy these days. who did it. <laughs> it, it was a good it was a good article this guy in west germany who was wrapping that and was also a skinhead that was interesting the photos were, were interesting um i would love to visit there and see the bunkers they're everywhere and it's pretty cool um just hanging out in a bunker on a beach um so yeah that's that's a good tangent i will say i looked in albania i couldn't find any punk bands from there they have no punk scene kosovo has some but that's it sounds like you need I, to move I, to I, albania and start the punk scene Start the punk scene. Don't don't tempt me. Um, Healthcare too. It's a beautiful country. It's a beautiful country. It's beautiful, but um, yeah, that was a big thing. I guess this this can tie in with a little bit of what we were talking about before with physical media, because like when I was in high school, as I said, I was like a huge nerd about punk music. There was a website that was like my favorite website of all time. It's not around anymore. It was called KillFromTheHeart.com. Mm. Cataloged punk like. Hardcore, but also just general punk bands from mostly exclusively from the 80s by country. So you could go through and I would go in high school and look up, you know, I just pick a country, someplace I'd never heard of. I didn't know what Yugoslavia was, but I knew all the bands because I clicked on it and fucking found them. And now I know all about it. We can do a whole separate podcast about that. But fucking. So I, I learned about like super obscure punk bands through the Internet. Mm -hmm. And that was like. Uh, 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 I fucked that word up. You, and I'm not going to get it right. You couldn't separate that from my development as a person. I wouldn't say. Whereas, by the way, thank you. You're welcome. Um, you can't. And this is in contrast to like when I uh, I would read about people back in the '80s and even through a lot of the '90s. Like if you got into punk in the '80s, it would literally be. Like you heard about the Sex Pistols, you could maybe find that at a record store. To get like hardcore records, you had to like mail order that. Yeah, yeah. Like scenes and all that shit. And on one hand, I'm like, that's so cool. That would make it so much more meaningful. But it's also like, but maybe I would have never even known about it back then. It's just like, I can't imagine like music without the internet. And that's oh, kind same, of- same, fully. Maybe. Um, I definitely- <sighs> being the age that I am and the upbringing I had, like I was probably a little bit more into physical media than yeah. millennials generally are. Um, and obviously my parents were not keen on me downloading music since the family business was selling 
physical media. So they had a deal with me that if it was a used CD, I could take it home and listen to it and rip it if I wanted to. But then like no downloading, which, you know, checks out. Um, yeah. And I felt limited by like what you could find and get into because my taste in music was limited by what CDs I could find or like borrow from my friends. And I knew that other yeah. stuff was out there through the internet, but like streaming didn't exist yet. YouTube mm-hmm. didn't start being a thing that was widely used until the my later, freshman yeah. year of college. Like uh, I remember down. Oh God, I'm going to play a cringe hand here. I remember downloading a fallout boy cover of love will tear us apart off of google video because you could download the videos from google Whoa. video <laughs> and like then i put Damn. it into like some very rudimentary software ripped the audio from that and then loaded it into my ipod so that i could listen to this like honestly awful rendition of the song i um, didn't know that existed or that you could do that with google videos yeah ba- back when two, google two video things i learned today download the file yeah and now I'm wondering how much older I am than you guys. I'm not going to go into that. Not that much this older. This is a fraught thing. I don't think so. I'm 31. I don't think you're very much older, no. I'm going to be... No, you're barely older. I'm, I'm 29. I'm going to be 29 in May, so... We're... Okay, okay. Yeah, so, like, mid-range millennials, 100%. But, like, yes. I think... Uh, yeah. It's been so awesome being able to just like deep dive into whatever music I want to online and like I think right now Molcha Toma is a perfect instance of like music that shouldn't have gotten widespread following but is absolutely enormous now because of the internet like who is going That's a crazy one yeah I love them because I love weird like Soviet post-punk sounding stuff um, which is like a very niche genre in the first place um, but why is the biggest post-punk band in the world right now a Belarusian post-punk band? Like, but I think that's also tight. That is insane. And I think we'll see more of it too. Or like how boy bands are expressly a Korean export now. Like, yeah, no one would even try to step to K-pop if they wanted to make good pop music now. Um, or else you're doing like what Charlie XCX does and hire like Sophie and other hyper-pop producers to make your stuff. So you're making what's ostensibly IDM for pop music which i love to see mm-hmm. um and, and is, is, go ahead sorry go on. I was gonna, this is a this is a tangent but is mulchot doma is they're, they're like big so. now yeah, right uh, like, here's the reason why yeah. i know they're big i in my covid convalescence um have minded my melded my mind with tiktok um and i hear Tons of oh, Mulchadama in the background of tons of videos on TikTok. So, like, teens fucking love Mulchadama. Oh, there's another really funny That's thing insane. happening on TikTok that is making me crack up as an old music head, which is um, there's this sound that people on TikTok are attributing to being the sound of angels speaking. It's oh. a clip from uh, the Silver Mount Zion. Like, so, so it's like all these 16 year olds being like this is the sound of angels and i'm like this is post-rock from the mid-2000s like what dude i mean i'm so glad that all of a sudden the silver mount zion is like yeah. getting the bag from like weird teenagers on tiktok but music I, music is so weird now because like there's no barriers to entry for anything like the that number was what of I was getting fucking at, yeah. Fleetwood Mac records I sell to teenage girls is unbelievable. The number of Billy Joel records I am sending out the door with 14-year-olds. We can't keep Billy Joel in stock. And it's not dad buying it. 
<laughs> what? That is a bizarre market disruption. Oh uh, yeah, it fucking yeah. is. I, you know, like I've been in this industry for more than half of my life selling records to people. And like, I had gotten pretty cocky that I'm like, okay, I can read the room. I can be a judge of what people like based on how they look. This is my job. And then all of a sudden I've got teen girls coming in and all they want to buy is Billy Joel and ABBA records. And I'm like, and Billie Eilish records, uh, which yeah. like checks uh, yeah. out more, but like, what? Does a fourteen-year-old girl have in common with Billy? <laughs> yeah, a man They're from not old like enough Long to Island be man. divorced or be alcoholics. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that... I guess like the universal longing and existential sadness probably resonates with them a little bit, but like, I don't know. There are better bands for that than fucking Billy Joel. I also just don't like Billy Joel, so maybe this is me playing my hand. No, it's not it's good. Not good. It's, it's, why, it's, why do fifteen-year-old <laughs> boys like Steely Dan now? Like, it, it's that's so a mean. That sucks. That's a fucking. Wait, but like mean the Dan Brock sucks. revival is here, and it's it's. A, I I hate. Yeah. There's no yeah, difference. There is no difference between popular music and memes now, and it's crazy to see like kids it very sucks. sincerely liking these things that like. I look back on from when I was a teen and if someone my age when I was 15 was like, I love Steely Dan, I'd be like, don't fucking talk to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And, and I still feel that way about Steely Dan and Steely Dan fans. Like, don't perceive me. Don't look at me. Like, go away. Go do cocaine yeah, yeah. somewhere else. Like, I'm well, not here for this. Also, it's interesting. who landed on Steely Dan being cocaine music? It doesn't sound like it. I've done it's co- not cocaine music. Steely Dan. I'm wearing a uh, so for the listeners um, that don't know, so yeah, I'm wearing it's, it's a Sanguasuga bog shirt. And uh, now obviously death metal is very different than fucking seventies cocaine rock. But uh, the fact that this band is blowing up, I mean they're signed to fucking Century Media, uh, essentially off of memes. Like they're riding a meme wave that like got them there. They had a four song EP that like got them signed. Like That doesn't happen. I genuinely think that the ostentatiousness of their logo is part of the reason why they're popular because you can't pronounce the band name and you can't read the shirt. And it's like an in-joke that if you know what it is, you know what it is. Also, they're great live. Um, I was at that show that you guys played. It was one of the last shows I went to. And admittedly, my experience for extreme music live is like very, very limited. I'm baby with it, basically. But that was one of the craziest like pits I'd ever seen and not for like its ferocity or anything but the fact that there were kids doing crunches in the middle of it and then also like eating french fries off the floor of the bug jar which also if you ate the fries off the floor of the bug jar don't worry about what's in the vaccine yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like I'd say uh you guys were talking about like front man's performance spectacle working a room what there were like 30 people at that show and it was one of the most lively fun shows I'd been to at the bug jar in a while. Yeah. Devin, uh, you know, I was a little like I, the EP was like, okay. I was like, Oh, whatever. Like I'm really into death metal. So like, st- I, I'm, I guess to, I'm galaxy brained at this point where it's like, it's gotta be like really intense and like really fast. And like, <laughs> I, I need it to where it's going to crush my fucking brain. Uh, if it was like a hammer. Um, I wouldn't say Sango Sugabag is necessarily that. They are not like super hyper. They're not blasting like at all. But the live show really did it for me. I'm friends with I'm friends with them, you know, in real life to some extent with some of them. And Devin is a really he just like commands the it was room. A fun show. Yeah, he like it wasn't like 
it wasn't typical death metal bullshit, you know, like that, like where it's just some guy looking, ooh, look at me, I'm scary, like uh, it's about eating your your head, and okay, but I'm a actually a nerd. Different by the way. group of people in the audience too for a death metal show. Yeah, I the mean, the demo of who is in that audience too is like very different than what Rochester death metal shows usually turn out. Like, I think my friend Greg, who I went with, was the oldest person there, and he's like. 35 36 like there wasn't the death metal dads that usually go to rochester death metal shows and i, I thought it was interesting like i told my coworkers at the store i was going to it and all of them like i'm not gonna i'm like you guys always go to death metal shows what, yeah. what is this oh now you're gonna be elitist about it because their logo looks like a mustard stain fuck off yeah, yeah. it's uh it's interesting Can I back up for a second yeah i i, I... go ahead no, no, you go, Jake. Okay, so the meme, the meme music thing, I'm I'm fascinated by because you cited two examples that I think illustrate sort of what can maybe be good about it, but is still kind of weird versus what I like really hate. So the Molchat Doma phenomenon, for people who don't know, that's like a post punk band from Belarus, which I don't know if anyone knows much about that place. I'm wondering, like, is it legal for them to have a band? That's that's I'm sure it's not that restrictive there, but. It's, it's not the world's freest country in the world. So it's interesting that they're from there of all places. And they've taken off on the internet with these teens because it's what's known as doomer music. Doom mm -hmm. meaning, doomer meaning like Zoomers, Gen Z, and they're fucking all depressed because everything sucks so yeah, much. Yeah, they're the band and, of the Nightwalker meme. Like you got your black yeah, hoodie on, you're guy. smoking a cigarette, black circles around the eyes, and then they're Molchat Doma fans. Yes, yeah. And I think it's it's telling that a bunch of teens in America are like wanting to be depressed Slavic people. I think it's uh as we enter, as we enter like post late Soviet America. Yeah, but true. Uh, that's an yeah, that's an we're going to vote ourselves out of existence finally, or whatever. Thank God. Um, but finally, yeah. But um we so that's kind of cool cuz here's a band from a country that most people haven't even heard of and they're able to get this new audience where for reasons that they maybe themselves may or may not have even foreseen this completely different audience through the internet can connect with them. Mm -hmm. And, and it's weird because it's memeified. And for me personally, that maybe makes me a little less interested in it just because when something gets memeified in that way, like you will get, or at least I'll get sick of it so fast. Mm -hmm. Like Doomer music, that vibe of post-punk, like, it's like I, I've heard so much of it without even hearing it because it's just saturating the internet and the aesthetic is all over the place. It, it doesn't mean I'm against it, but it's not like something I would seek out. But overall, I think it's very cool that this band from this country was able to reach this huge audience. That's great. I'm happy for them. And they are a really good band for those who haven't checked them out. Now, in contrast, I fucking hate the dad rock revival show. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I think it's illustrative of what sucks about the fucking internet and our culture because as you pointed out, these people, these kids, who or whoever, even if you're a little older, but especially these young people, like they they don't have anything in common with Billy Joel. They don't have shit in common with fucking Fleetwood Mac either. These people who are putting cocaine up their assholes and fucking each other or whatever fucking Fleetwood Mac is doing. Like, whereas like, and, and I'm going to sound like a shitty old man, but like, I don't know. When I was a teenager, like my life was probably a lot different from maybe a, some punk rockers lives. And there was an element of LARPing to it, but they were talking about things I could relate to and they weren't totally d 
different. They were just disaffected white kids, predominantly whatever. And I think having like someone who's 20 and is like, I love Billy Joel. I love Fleetwood Mac. It just speaks to the fact that through the internet and through social media, it's just so much escapism. It's this ability to curate like a new identity for yourself. You're getting it from somewhere else and it's completely artificial. And, and, And you're getting it from these other people around you that are like perpetuating this trend that is able to like hyper accelerate through the fucking algorithm and, and on the internet and these algorithms, I don't even know how they work, whatever. And, and I mean, you can't help the, but also think that like the record companies are goosing. I was selling a ton of Fleetwood Mac before the Ocean Spray TikTok guy. But after that, like for the holiday season, I think we sent 300 copies of rumors new. At like thirty two ninety nine out the door Jesus to every single Christ. like witch talk girl. Um, that yikes, man! So that's like, why, you know, Fleetwood Mac is a... getting fucking paid, and like, yeah. I can't. I really can't help but wonder if like the record labels goosed that because I know they do stuff like that. I'm reminded of our McRib episode when when I, I discussed the conspiracy behind that, where they bring back the McRib when pork futures are conducive to that's it. That's not a conspiracy. Like, that's fact. No, it is true, and and the whole epic so- bacon trend of the two thousands was also paid for oh, by the so- yeah, 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 yeah. So there must Jesus. be something with Steely Dan where they're trying to sell these fucking records with Steely Dan. What I really uh, want from like a very personal, just needs to get rid of this fucking inventory standpoint though, is someone needs to do Ario Speedwagon because we have way too much of that shit. <laughs> Can can one of them die? Can we get a document series about yeah. Ario Speedwagon so I don't have like a shelf and a half of it of inventory? Is ELO is ELO coming back? It yeah, is. I, yeah, yeah. I will say that that a lot of like, like. that that fun poppy frog stuff is ooh absolutely coming back. Like I saw a ton of Yes and ELO records all now, and like even the weird stuff too. Like uh, not like the Emmers like. Emerson Lake and Palmer is selling too. Like kids are getting, I, I think that yeah. they probably have more to bond with than that than they do with Billy Joel. Cause it's just like, I feel like I'm going to die all the time. Let's listen to some fun synth music. I think that it's I get the impression that the zoomers are drawn to like stuff that is very cold in a way, mm. whether it's Doma or this sort of frankly, like pretty manufactured, like, dead rock music i think lana del rey is a good example of that too like her music is yeah yeah for sure yeah empty do you know that lana del rey is like her third career um i did not know that. yeah no she's had two careers before this that flopped um her like a wealthy family that like uh funded her her career the whole time i remember promoting one of her previous iterations she's that's it this is it for her though right like after she's canceled herself like for the final time, uh, for saying something really fucking stupid, uh, we can't like we can't do this four times. Three strikes, you're out, right? Or does she get another pass? Um, I think that uh, millennials specifically are obsessed with cancel culture, but I don't think the Zoomers care as much as the millennials do. It's weird because I feel like, as with so many other things, and this is from me just observing on social media, mostly Twitter, but that has led me to TikTok and stuff too. I feel like the Zoomers love like 
canceling people for the most trivial shit they can possibly find, mm. but they're not persistent about it because their attention spans are even worse than ours. Like, yeah, I, the, I, th- I think that if you can just exist through your cancellation, you're fine. Yeah. And they don't, they're, they're not persistent about it. Like they'll find some piece of pop culture that they'll find like mad TV or something or, or <laughs> you're not even supposed to know about. And they're like, ableist. Uh, you're canceled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, uh, this is high key uh, sus or whatever, but they do it for, for, for three clout. minutes and then it's gone. Yeah. It, so it's also clout chasing. Like, yeah. Yeah. My, my boyfriend and I've talked about this a lot too. Screw this ableist. <laughs> but it's good shit though. Like cancellation also only happens if you're not cool anymore. So you can't just say objectively, I don't like this because it's not for me. You could, that's like not allowed anymore because you have to be into everything. But you can say, oh, I don't like this because so-and-so is problematic. And then that's kind of that's like, interesting. that's like a thought killer all of a sudden. You don't have to view something through an aesthetically critical lens. You can just say, this person is yeah, a predator, yeah. so I don't have to pay attention to it anymore. Which, like, is a good reason, you know, like, don't give Kevin Spacey money. But also, like, yeah. maybe people were done with House of Cards, and that's why it was time for him to... Do you think that goes... Do you think that goes both ways? Like, I feel like that would also necessarily lead to an environment where if there was something popular and I said, I just didn't like it, people would think I had some weird reason for not liking it. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really keep up with contemporary I think, culture. Oh, I think that's the thing. Outside the internet. Okay. So like the Chapos did a really good episode about Lady Ghostbusters, right? And yeah. it had... It, they talked a lot about like the campaign of like vote. I, um, and they were talking about how like part of the advertising campaign was like trigger the fucking boomer dads by buying four tickets to Lady Ghostbusters um, <laughs> to, to smash the patriarchy. And like, uh, no, one, that's not how it works, but two, like by someone saying, I don't like Lady Ghostbusters because it's objectively a bad movie. We'll get you canceled because you are obviously a misogynist if you don't like Lady Ghostbusters instead of just being like, this is just fucking pablum. This is crap. This is a garbage movie, yeah. This is a bad movie. Like, but dude, oh, well, you just don't like Leslie Jones. No, this movie's bad. I like all the actresses in it. This is just a bad movie. It's not canceled Milo bad either. Milo is going to be so owned if you... You give us money. <laughs> it always ends with giving people money. Milo, he's gone. He he's like in he's like bankrupt and in debt because he got deplatformed. And go figure that guy of all people did not manage his finances very well. He needs apparently. to start an OnlyFans uh, for consumer dad like conservative <laughs> boomer dads to sign up for. <laughs> I would say uh, I hate that twink. Yikes. What is he up to? For re- research. <laughs> I would say that's right. Like, what what do you think? What are your thoughts on like Ariel Pink? Conservatives, no. to be fair. Ugh. He's just so cringy, man. Like, I used so when I was in college, um, I really liked Ariel Pink's haunted graffiti because I went through like a antisocial no wave phase in two thousand and nine, um, where I just wanted to listen to music that made people not want to talk to me about music. So I, I got into that, um, and I think that's honestly a really good reflection of him too. Of like. I can alienate my friends by listening to music that's this bad. Um, and he's just a 
shithead. He's really what a fucking. Right. Uh, I can say the word as a lady. What a pussy crybaby. Like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, What's the thing with him? Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to go cry to Tucker Carlson, the biggest cuck who's ever lived? I'm going to go on Cucker Carlson and, like, cry that no one wants to listen to me anymore. I can't remember which pod I was listening to. It might have been you guys. might have been Beep Beep Lettuce, but they were talking about how, like... uh and I agree with this, how funny it is now that like the mega shitheads who are just so desperate to be represented in pop culture now yeah, are yeah, all yeah. going to go listen to Ariel Pink and like have, it's the funniest thing, have to yeah. pretend yeah. that they like it, even though like they don't. But because he's one of them and he's relevant in youth culture, kind of. After listening to the app uh, to him for some research, I ended up being like, wow, I actually kind of like his music a lot. Like there's something about it that like kind of can I I enjoy. It's the opposite, um, yeah. And and I was thinking it's like, oh, am I just being an edge lord that like Ariel Pink was canceled finally? Now I can enjoy him. Like, but I I don't <laughs> think that's the case. <laughs> I think it's just because I di- I didn't know. I mean, who the that fuck was why was. I liked him in 08 was because nobody likes him. Yeah. He's, I mean, it's fine. It's not something I would like go pursue to listen to on my own at this point, but it's also just not my taste anymore either. It's, it's even if he had good politics, it wouldn't be something I would listen to. I, I have two things to say. What, one, with regards to the, the phenomenon of people like feeling obliged to like certain cultural figures because their politics, like four or so years ago, when I was like right wing, I will say one of the first things to give me pause about my views was when my compatriots online were telling me I had to think PewDiePie was cool. I was like, back up. Like <laughs> something's wrong here. If, if I'm in a position where I have to uh, be a, be a fan of PewDiePie. Um, and, and then the, the, I, I will say, yeah, Ariel Pink, I, I, uh, I won't use the language you use, but I agree with your assessment of him as a figure. It's interesting how it contrasts with the other musicians who were in attendance at the Trump thing. Oh, the like guy the from other- Ice Earth. The guy from yeah. iSearch and a new metal guy from a horrible band called King 810. Oh. Like, if you're going to be at that thing, you should be like those guys. Like, you should be big. Yeah, you shouldn't. I was I was more upset about John Mouse than I was about Ariel Pink. Like, John Mouse yeah, is yeah, someone I actually yeah. like. I really liked his music, but uh, fuck him. And right. now I'm in camp. Maybe I'll listen to it again at some point. Right now, it feels bad. Like the aesthetic enjoyment of it right. is outweighed by just like that. I wouldn't want to give this person money right now. Um, maybe I'll download some of it illegally later on or buy a used record of it if I feel like I need to listen to John Mouse. But I feel like, especially now with how easily available all music is to everybody, if you don't like someone based on you know, who they are. Just go listen to someone else who isn't a shitty person. Generally speaking, that is true. Yeah. I will say we talked about Burzum earlier and that's one exception. I have not found any band that quite sounds like Burzum, but again, go listen to it for free. Um, Uh, Spotify burns me with that all the time. I'll put on like atmospheric black metal or like some black gaze stuff. And then it'll serve me a Burzum song and without fail every fucking time. I'm like, I won't be looking at the playlist or anything. I'll go, this is so good. Who is this? Yeah. And then I look at its burst and I'm like, God damn it. And I haven't figured out on Spotify how to just block an artist yet. So maybe that's a me problem. I need to figure out how to tell Spotify, please never play you this. Can do th- I think you um, can do that. I know they were debating it. 
That is a tough one because I just feel like I'm pranking myself with it. I'm put. I'm punching myself in the dick every time it happens. This is what I get for liking uh, fucking noise and ambient and black metal all at once. Oh, noise music will do that too. <sighs> um, podcast before, but Varg is like the perfect example because he is. I would. I don't. Genius might be a strong word, but he's a pretty one of a kind musician. He's an auteur. And he's an auteur. Yeah, and but. I, I am not actually a believer in separating the art from the artist. Like, not even forget about on a, like, moral level, on an aesthetic level, like, with that guy, it's super obvious. It's like, this music is unique because this guy is out of his fucking yes. mind. And that entails, entails him being, like, a fucked up person, too. Oh, my God. And what I, if someone implied, yeah. like, separate art from the artist and then tried to listen to, like, Wesley Willis or Daniel Johnston? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally can't imagine doing that. Um, no, me neither. I, I just, it, you know, like I, I wish I could because it would be like hearing Wesley Willis for the first time, which is a really amazing experience oh, to have. God, I remember hearing Rock and Roll McDonald's on a mix CD when I was in high school and just being like, what "The fuck just happened? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened?" <laughs> yeah, that's. Or like I th- you brought up the shags earlier. That's another one where you absolutely yeah, yeah. could not separate the art from the artist with that one. Yeah, definitely. And and that's, the, I think that's part of the dad rock revival and all that like memeified culture shit too is, I don't know. It's part of this persona that I guess young people want to affect now. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to think about it more, but the, the fact that they're so drawn to like cold lifeless music I think is a significant thing because, like, I wasn't like that. I don't think you guys were really like that either. Like, no, I, I, I wanted I would shit that was that fucking the, uh, like angry and like horrible. Really, I would say with the meme thing, what frustrates me is that I don't know if someone's being like honest with me about their musical choices. Versus, I can tell you what exactly what I like. Now, I listened to some, and we listened to some very shitty music. Uh, ironically. And I do enjoy it, but what I'm in, what my the pleasure and the enjoyment I'm getting out of it isn't because I actually think that like you know non-point is fucking good. It's just like wow, this sucks, isn't? And I'm enjoying. I don't know what I am, what's non-point. Oh, dude, it's like some shitty fucking. Yeah, I, new metal I also band. don't know what non-point is. Yeah, it's another new metal. It's like okay. a D tier. You gotta new show metal me that band. one. I thought we. I thought it was up to speed. No, it's one of the oh, or like nice, you know dude. seven dust or something like that. Like I I I unfriend mm. I unfollowed someone on on my on our the HR Instagram page because they were talking about like yeah these seven these seven dust albums are pretty good and I was just like you make like this is someone who made like death metal shirts and I was like dude I I don't have I can't do this anymore I can't I can't fuck around with this I I un, I unironically like new metal I like Limp Bizkit, but it's just like oh Limp Bizkit's fucking stupid and dumb like. They would admit it to some yeah, extent. And they know they're stupid and dumb. They're not like posturing as being a smart band. Yeah. I, Fred I just, Durst knows he's Fred Durst. I'm not doing, I'm like, I can't do this shit anymore. I can't do this. I ironically like all the stuff that I liked when I was a kid. I think that's a big thing about younger, the younger cultures get like within hardcore and punk and metal and stuff like that. Uh, you probably won't know this story, but like now new metal is regarded as like, good and you get oh, bands no, I, like I've been following this yeah you got bands like because Maiden i was stuff like first that. generation new metal fan so i i find it 
yeah i find it fascinating too that like the band uh, both with the new metal revival and with the emo revival that's happening oh right now i think it's fascinating that the bands that i cringe to say that i liked and saw when i was in middle school and high school as a record store employee are now the ones that the teens who come by records from me are so excited. So I'm curious about this. Do the teens like new metal now? I figured that was like a nostalgia. The teens fucking love new metal. They are on board with new metal. I, um, and there's, there's interesting iterations of new metal coming out now too. And it's interesting to see how new metals influence is affecting specifically in electronic music. There's, there's some stuff that's like undeniably influenced by new metal, but is actually good. Like machine girl. I don't know if you've listened to them. They're like a harsh noise, new metal IDM thing. No, that sounds sick. They're awesome. I really like them. I, I, they're, they're good dudes. And like, the music is fucking sick. I went to go see them in New York a handful of years ago, and uh, I saw one of the best things I've ever seen in an audience ever. There was a girl there in sexy bondage Wario in the crowd. <laughs> Just, like, living her best life. And then also, like, guys wearing flame shirts and Jenko jeans and wallet chains. Like, that's fully come back, which is crazy to see. I... I like that more than the Steely Dan thing. Me too. I think. I, like, I think that it comes from a sincere place versus a posturing place. I think I think what the nugget that's missing maybe in your theory, Jake, is that the dad rock stuff is pop music now. So it's it's mute it's default music for yeah, people yeah. who don't care about having opinions about music, don't have passion for music. It's just something to put on. And it's safe. And there's no thoughts involved yeah. in it. Like for the people who I mean, are, what it, who are like curating a musical aesthetic, it's really interesting to see what they're doing now. Cause like people who are music heads now are into like 100 Gex, um, which is the yeah, exact yeah. opposite of Steely Dan. Yeah. 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 I guess the, the dad rock shit is just the same as it always was. It's just serving that same function again. Yeah. So maybe, it's, maybe it's for people who think that like pop music or portions of pop music have gotten too weird on some level with hundred gex or whatever. Not that hundred gex is on the billboard chart or whatever, but like, no, but Charlie XCX is and uh, half of the producers on the hundred gex records are the same people who produce Charlie XCX's music. Like pop music is kind of weird right now, which I'm really thrilled to see. I'm going to give Kanye West a bunch of credit for that side note. The man has always been amazing at bird dogging producers who are like full of innovative sounds. Like uh, it's so crazy. Like, I go back and I read his liner notes now to see who he brings on for production on his different projects. Cause it's always amazing electronic musicians. Like Arca has done a ton of production for him. Cashmere cat was on that kids see ghosts record that came out a while ago. I think Sophie did a little bit of production on it too. Like he's awesome at finding musicians who will form the sound of pop music coming up. Like Sophie is rest in peace, press F to pay respects. Yeah. Produced that Vince Staples album. And he's absolutely huge within pop music. Kanye West has always had I think you're- a weird, like, he's pushed the sound of, of, like, rap music and pop music to an extent, to an extent, with, like, so much of his records. Like, it's crazy how, like, how oh, influential yeah. he is on, like, a producer level. I don't... Um, yeah, I was about to say, I don't care for him as a rapper, but as a producer, he is un-fucking-believable. 
Um, and actually, I'll share with you one of the hottest takes I've ever posted online, and it got like a 500 wrong, which is Kanye West is our generation's David Bowie, where he goes through and sort of like yep. reinvents yep. sounds, but he's mostly known for working with like the coolest, most avant-garde producers of that time period. Like Bowie's relationship with Eno is the same as yep. Kanye mm-hmm. West's relationship with Arca. Like he went and found the best person for the sound he was looking for. I also think that uh Kanye's dance with the right wing and leaning into his full mania is an exact parallel with David Bowie's Thin White Duke period. That shouldn't be a hot take at all. That's that's like it but it is because people hate Kanye West so much and love David Bowie so much that they can't put together that they are doing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I damn yeah that that to me is a it's a good take, but that's not. It's, it's a hot take. It's a good one. Yeah, that's that's my good. brand for hot takes about music online. Is I a, never make them until I'm, Kanye should, I know I'm right. He should. Someone's like, you're your wrong head. about this. I'm like, no, Pierce. I, I, I want. Oh, yeah, always. I want Kanye, I want Kanye to, now that he's divorced, to do his uh, version of Low, and he should get mm-hmm. Brian Eno to it. Yes, he probably would. <laughs> that would be an amazing record. I don't he know. Probably would. He might. It wouldn't surprise me. Or like maybe he'll get who I think is sort of like a spiritual predator or a serial. Oh, well, one sec, sorry. Uh, I think is sort of like someone following in Brian Eno's shoes is John Hopkins, who has done like a ton of pop production, but is still also like a really amazing ambient electronic artist. Like I, I think Kanye is so good at picking out uh, maybe lesser known producers to push, who end up just being fucking huge it's 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 wild to see yeah. how how much of an incredible tastemaker he has been and will continue to be with his choice of like who he does production with he's also really smart he's extremely he smart, smart to say. i also i also love seeing an artist be fully on one all the fucking time so kanye it's not remarkable, taking his yeah. bipolar meds right now is like really kind of i listened to the joe rogan interview with him it was it was infuriating because he'll say something that's he'll say something that's kind of insightful but here's the thing people talk about him being right wing or whatever in some ways he is really he has extremely normy opinions like his he'll talk about like seeing a homeless person in front of the gucci store in la and how fucked up it is i'm like yeah kanye it's true and then but his solution is man we got the smartest people in the world we got to get these smart people to fix these problems it's like no dude like People have been fucking everything up. Like he's like a technocrat, basically. Yeah, yeah no, he doesn't realize it's that the simple ind- solution endearing, is yeah. there are empty homes and homeless people. Let's just put the fucking homeless people in the. Empty no, homes. he wants. This is why him and Musk get along. Oh, They're like, God. oh no, the people we have in charge now are like out of date. We need new people to fiddle with the knobs and and uh, the dials and and uh, and I should be one of them, of course. But uh, that's how most people are. Maybe Kanye West Even- will become Yang Gang. Oh, he would love Yang. He would love Yang. Perfect. Perfect match. Yeah. Perfect match. That's how a lot of people are. Even working class people, I think a lot of times they can't like think about anything else. So it's like, it's going to smart. We need smart guys to, to handle it. Um, Cause what else would we do? Oh yeah. Kanye, Kanye and Yang. That That's going to happen. That's going <laughs> to pop off. I'm sure. Kanye, Kanye West. We can't get into Yang impression. No. That's the trouble immediately. Yes. But yeah. Well, I think we're almost done. It's about eight o'clock. Um, I think we should kind of yeah, yeah. here. I think were, this was a really other... good discussion about stuff that's good and bad. Did we hit all the programming notes you had set aside? 
I think so. For the most, I guess one last thing. I think so. One yeah. last thing to end it off is, um, I think physical media is really important in twenty in twenty twenty one because I think the reason my reasoning is is that there's everyone pretends that like everything you can stream, and that is anyone that's into physical media knows that is a bold faced fucking lie. Yeah. Uh, there are a ton of Japanese fucking hardcore records I was listening to this last month that will will just never be on streaming. It doesn't matter if yeah. like oh yeah that was what it just won't, it's not going to happen. Moreover, and this is a tangent we could go on another time maybe. Like all this digital stuff is not it's digital. It could all disappear. I'm thinking about yes. A, a, an interesting theory would be instead of private press records, the new thing will be all the MySpace bands. There's bands I used to listen to on MySpace. That I will never hear again because it's all oh, fucking yep. bands up gone forever. Yep. Gone. Yep. And with with physical media, it's harder to listen to. You need equipment, but but that won't happen unless they like melt all of it. To go back to Kanye West, his how he like dropped DLC for Life of Pablo and re-edited it a bunch of times so yeah. that like the original version that came out is not the version that you stream on Spotify now. Taylor Swift did it recently. The CD version of Folklore is completely different from the version that's up on Spotify. Um, like I would say, the, uh, the Taylor Swift thing—that's kind of cool. That gives you an incentive to buy a CD if it's like different and impressive. Taylor v- Swift versus the Kanye has West been thing, awesome. I think that's physical sucks. media. Side note: Yeah, I mean, uh, Kanye is always going to do whatever Kanye wants to do. So I kind of like the idea. He reminds me in a sense of there's there's a painter named Francis Bacon who used to do these like really horrific portraits of things and he was notorious for going into art galleries ripping his paintings off the wall and destroying them in the streets because he got mad that the work that he was showing wasn't actually perfect so i think kanye going in and like literally releasing patches for his albums is kind of in that same vein of the artist revisiting something and going this isn't perfect i have to destroy it or change it i mean obviously that's actually a thing that's gonna that's gonna just rather see like see kanye go burn spotify headquarters down that's something that's going to be I mean, more prominent Chapo talked about in it, the not future. To keep up, but Chapo talked about it in the episode where they watched watched Avatar. And yeah. Amazon pulled out the "I See You" scene that's only available now if you like have a hard copy of it. And it, we're definitely going to run into that more and more, which is one reason I think physical media is important. The movie Cats. I watched a yeah. video about the movie Cats, and they were talking about how <laughs> essentially they. The, the movie that was going to be put out was not – it was not ready. And that yep. they're like – they knew that and they, they're like, oh, well, just send it out and then we'll send an updated version in a couple months so that way people have another reason. Or it just – it's a way for – I'd say it's also a way for them to like consistently keep something's name in like – the news or like being talked about is like, mm. oh, now, now I, now I, mm-hmm. and uh, whatever company can write another article about cats, easy information, you know, that gives them more fucking press and a ton of other shit just gets fucking buried because of how our fucking information yeah. works. I think it's really, I, th- I'm, I mean, I get it. I, I think it's an art, a really cool artistic idea, like being able to change your album as it goes. Um, but at the same time, it's again though there's no we'll never who can ever listen to those or maybe the original life of pablo you know like if you remove a song off something like who can like uh i believe malevolent creation i might i can't use this for a uh a is it sketch thing i believe malevolent creation i'm pretty sure they have a song in 95 
called uh, They Breed, and it's really racist, and they drop a hard fucking R on the song at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and guess what? You can't listen to it on Spotify. Oh, I fucking wonder why, you know? Um, and this was in 95, which is wild for me. And, like, a major label, like, put it out. But that's that, like, is a... That's like them. That's like them being like, "Oh uh, yeah, don't, don't don't listen to this like bad song that like if a lot of people heard, they might not fuck with us anymore." Like you're yeah. like, no, yeah, you gotta true. you made this mistake. You gotta fucking live with it. Maybe just don't put the fucking album up for streaming. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, they Stalinized okay. those old study study episodes. You're trying just to thinking it. about oh. Stalin talking about this. Like, yeah, yeah. How many things can you erase from a photograph before it just becomes a really blurry photograph of Stalin? I mean, that should be every photograph. So yeah, I hope that <laughs> we do. Yeah. Um, those are the only photographs I want to see. I think that physical media is cool too, because it, it's like a time capsule of that time period. And it can yeah. sometimes make you ask really interesting questions. So like one of the things that I love about got pressed to record um, yeah, yeah, because like that stuff, some, some of it's like mass produced, and it's really funny things like a record that was designed to sell um, household grade linoleum to do your kitchen with. It's like a shitty uh, big band record that is to advertise a linoleum product. Or like I have, th- there's other weird stuff too that I've come across over the years. Like I really like conspiracy theories, and there was conspiracy theory stuff pressed to vinyl from the 1960s oh, onward. So, like, I have this crazy fucking record that is this guy ranting about the Council on Foreign Relations from, like, 1971. It's awesome. That's awesome. And then, like, occultists have been making weird fucking records for a long time, too. So, like, I have the Anton LaVey Calliope record. That fucking rules. But I also have, like, a bunch of different niche 60s bands and 70s bands doing their iterations of Black Masses like yeah yeah that rules and that's you know such a time capsule of that time period and it would be something someone would just like upload to youtube now that they might disappear at some point or like if the person just decides to delete their channel that's gone forever whereas like if this band breaks up i still have their record how many videos have you tried to show us jake that it's deleted and it's not there anymore like so many a nice amount a nice amount um yeah i think that puts it really succinctly about why, why it's important and also like why um, maybe there's a revival in vinyl is because it it physical media has a time and place to it. There's a rootedness mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. I think in some contexts, but maybe people listening to this haven't thought about it before. That is a lot of what we are lacking currently is rootedness. We're kind of atomized consumers, so on and so forth, smarter people than we have talked about this. Jesus, you said and- sniff after saying so on and so forth. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> um, we I are atomized that, people in you, this time, Sean you, you, and so short. <laughs> you see, in the, the rumors vinyl record, the rumors, the Fleetwood Mac, it, it is, it's an amazing thing. I've never seen that. It's unbelievable. No, um, yeah. So we, um, that was not a good Jesus. That is embarrassing. I, I could probably do a good one another. You time. need more spit in your mouth when you do it. Yeah. Full, full on uh, mouthful of spit. It's like the yeah, only yeah. impression I can do. <laughs> yeah, you, yours was good. But but yeah, th- there's a rootedness to physical media that I think that's something that people are really, really grasping for because they can't get it very many places. 
and uh, let alone like sort of safe places to get it from. Well, I won't expand on that. I wonder then, that. you just made me think of something. Maybe that like run back to dad rock is people craving the stability of that time and place versus what we have absolutely, right now. Yeah, because absolutely. also nostalgia doesn't leave room for, you know, the terrible things that were going on in the seventies and eighties. It's oh, definitely. just the mood that the coked out lunatics and Fleetwood Mac decided to preserve. And so it's like a very rose tinted nostalgic look about not really anything, oh, but yeah. that feels good in a time yeah, where like, yeah. we're locked in our apartments. If you're, of a class where you don't have to go do your job. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I have to go to a fucking store to do my job, so it's been really, oh my god, people during the pandemic to front-facing workers is a five-hour rant I could go on, but um, yeah, it's, it's just wild. I, I think that, like, we were already becoming atomized and individualized as a culture, and I think that locking people in their homes by their son, themselves for a year has really put some kindling on that fire and and i think that like wanting to retreat into the past in a sense that you have no nostalgia for other than like the feelings it makes you feel probably is really comforting for people right now yeah and and along with that there's comfort of a physical record so Mm -hmm. i think in terms of people indulging these buying records is a good one to go with yeah i don't think that necessarily is a bad thing i think if you feel comforting and uh-huh. you feel like a connectiveness to a record is thing what i think is the issue is that like it's become a meme it's like why does every fucking emotion that we feel have to be a meme yeah. why does everything that we're interested in have to become a meme i think that's fucking whack to a certain degree and that we yeah, lose our fucking humanity that way yeah i, don't yeah, know. I, I think it's how we process culture and i, I think i might be yeah. on a little bit of a different page than you guys about what our humanity is. So like, I don't believe that there is actually a line between who you are online versus who you are in person. Maybe some people haven't done the shadow work yet to integrate their online selves with their in-person selves. I have. Uh, And like, um, you know, the expression of who you are online, I think is more real of who you want to be and who you intend to be and who you are versus who you are in your meat suit because you have like a lot of agency and it can kind of fake it until you make it with your online presence. Like I used to not be yeah. as funny or gregarious or out there or like extra until I started meeting my friends from the internet and then realized, oh, this person I am in my meat suit is not the person that they're looking forward to meeting. They're looking forward to meeting the person who's like a shithead online and shows their tits all the time. Like, uh, so I had to be like, okay, well, uh, this is me now. And I'm so much happier for it. And I think that the Zoomers, there's like literally no line between who you are online and who you are in person because there's never had to be one. Yeah, right, that, right. they haven't That's existed in a world before the internet or where at the very least where the internet right. wasn't like 80% of their fucking life, 90% of their life. Um, and I, I think sometimes that like, I think I've like cultivated myself to be less online like there's a lot of stuff that i like just don't talk about online because i want to capture like i want to have something for myself like this is me like Mm -hmm. i will talk about it to you in person but uh there are some topics and things i just don't ever want to talk about online just because i think that doesn't help i think it helps connections i don't think it's not that it won't i think it like i think it's better to talk about in person and i think uh a big streak of people probably think of me is that I don't like a lot of shit, which is fact the opposite. And I've tried to like reverse that. I love fucking shit. I love stuff so much. Like 
I wouldn't be playing <laughs> fucking in three bands if I didn't like playing music and I didn't like going to shows. I really yeah. regret not going to shows and not like experiencing and appreciating stuff as much. It's just that like oh, yeah. putting out there like everything sucks. Like that's not it's like it made me have to reflect on myself, like, do I think that? No, I don't think that. And now I am like absolutely like way more positive. I still think shit sucks. I think a lot of stuff sucks. It's just that sometimes I'm not going to talk about it in line because it's like, and eh, this mean, is going to make negative, people mad. It's going to like frustrate people. I don't want to do that. Negative content does better online too. Like, I think that's something you have to be that's telling, very yeah. mindful of in your online presence, especially if you're like me and have just decided that the person you are online is just the fucking person you are. Uh, like, uh, I find it goes both ways or like if I'm a real negative Nancy online um, just to, you know, be a shithead troll, it ends up making me have a really bad day in real life. Like, because uh, yeah, right. all of a sudden I've got like 16 people yelling at me on Facebook that I'm being a shithead and like, I still feel bad when someone's like, you are a yeah. piece of shit. Like I, I stirred the pot in a, a vinyl collectors forum, um, which God, being female and posting online about liking vinyl is just a fucking minefield, but we won't go there. Uh, and all I said was, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves for buying all these records at Walmart when you have local record stores. And I remember a guy said to me in the comments that the best part about me was when I was dribbling down my father's leg. And I was just like, Oof. well, that ruined my fucking day. Like, okay, go, way That's to go. That's really bad. God it damn. Was awful. And this um, is also the same thread where I was like, I don't know, be like a little bit principled about where you buy things and where you spend your money. Like, vote with your dollar. That shit matters. And this guy was like, I would buy Hawkwind records from a pedophile before I paid too much at a record store yo, from them. I, I, remember like, see, I remember seeing that, you posting that, I think. That's that incredible. That is an incredible statement. Yeah. And Why like, Hawkwind? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, what if it said? What if he said Steely Dan? Pedophile band? Why? Why is he picking on Hawk? None of it. Was... That's who I I would go to like a pedophile, try to dig through his crates to find old <gasps> boy records or like Devo. Um, I don't know about Hawkwind. Yeah, um, I, I I I like. There were so many things that he was telling on himself with that I don't think he was telling on. He knew he was telling on himself with too. Yeah. Just like, that's the the heat of the incredible. moment of it the was, internet. You it was know? unbelievable. But all because I've made someone mad by saying maybe consider buying a record from a record store versus going and buying a reissue from Walmart. And now I've been able to be kind of smug about it because those Walmart reissues are terrible presses and they don't work on anybody's turntables. But Ooh, really? Go figure. Go figure. Who would have thought yeah. that Walmart would have cheaped out on something before doing a sale on it? Huh. Huh. That's, there we go. I we should talk very briefly about that Twitter post. And I've talked to you, Jake, about it. That Twitter post about the lady who was like, you say eat the rich, but then like your house looks like this. And it's like a bunch of a uh, couple, couple shelves of records. And your record collection looks like yes. this. And it's yeah. now this is, I told you, Jake, I, about I just, this, that there is a duality that I saw on every comment. It's either all those records cost $5 and they were found in a dumpster, or all those records are deluxe reissues that cost a hundred dollars, and it's like they're out of print. And it's like, 
none of you buy records. I want. I really wanted to be like. I wanted to go on so many people on Twitter. Like none of you buy records. Yeah, none of you buy records. I will buy whatever I want because if it's for thirty, a lot of people wanted to fine. go off on him. Like if that person deleted their account because of that tweet. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, no. What? If you de- deleted their account because of that tweet. Why? It, it's man. Why do people? I mean, I'm not a record collector, really. To be fair, I have some, and I, I might start buying them again. But I'm sorry. What a stupid thing to get that upset about. I think. I think what it was was someone trying to capitalize on like the male manipulator music trope of like. Oh, this guy collects vinyl. He likes male manipulators. There was also a less Hall in the photograph and a Vox amp in That's the photograph. more significant than the records. Um, yeah. Also, the Marantz receiver that he had is definitely more significant than the records. Like, um, yeah, which is yeah. what I said when I posted the screen crap, cap of it. I was like, if she wants to dog him for having expensive things, maybe the Marantz receiver and the Les Paul is the way to go instead of like what probably amounts to but that was just not, a picture like, that they I don't know. probably found if, on the internet if you want to be realistic about it you know oh totally like i just think that she probably had a boyfriend who collected vinyl and she decided she hated yeah. men and posted that that's that's what i think it really was was just like pissed that a dude had ghosted her who collected records yeah the whole internet it's just people there's there's some, not the whole internet I'm, I'm it's hyperbolic but people taking like some interpersonal interaction that they didn't like or someone they don't like or someone they imagined in their head and then, and then making a post about it and then everyone else getting mad. And then maybe you delete your account, which I, I, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not like a crazy hyper, like anti-internet person, but that seems like <laughs> it's not a healthy that thing. That might for be like the do, fucking maybe. entering, exiting the matrix. I just thought her post was a funny post. I thought it was funny. That might be like them. Like that might be the thing that makes that person happy though. You know what I mean? Like if someone gets bullied so much they enter they exit the mm. internet and they're like a, they, they like their find account. The, yeah. oh you know what after that i decided to do this hobby and like fuck my life is like so much different now and like damn i never went on twitter again like i'd be like holy shit that rules like that's awesome after that i decided to draw a fan comic where it's a cross between <laughs> pikachu and sonic the hedgehog his name's sonic you <laughs> and i was never bullied online again <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Never again was I bullied on the internet. All right, we brought up Sonichu. Is that where we call it? I think that's where we, we have to call it. There, we can't do Chris Chan right now. We can't um, do Chris Chan. We'll be talking for another two hours if we talk about yeah, Chris it's Chan. too too much. What? But um, yeah, I would like to thank Sto- Stormzy, the British rapper, <laughs> for coming on. To- I'd like to thank I'm myself, Stormy, Kylie Jenner's baby. <laughs> <laughs> Stormzy Daniels. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Man. Can I do a the plug? British rapper oh, had yeah, an affair yeah. with Trump. Yeah, please do do all the plugs. Yeah. Okay, I've got two. One, if you like bullying billionaires, please join Danny Wegman's Memes You Feel Good About on Facebook. I don't do the answer requests very often, so look forward to getting let in in about six months when I uh, hyperfixate on it for an afternoon. Um, and then... Also, tune in to twitch.tv slash the lone, or no, it's just lone underscore gunman underscore video underscore edition. Every other week, me and a bunch of online weirdos pick a conspiracy theory to do a deep dive on. If you like Coast to Coast radio or you just like, I don't know, like Come Town, we're good for you to listen to. Um, I will have to check that out. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. This week, yeah. I don't know when this episode is coming out, but on 
Saturday, the military industrial pop culture complex where you'll get to hear us talk in depth about Funko Pops being an arm of the CIA. Perfect. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. If you want to meet me in person, come visit me at Record Archive. I'm there pretty much all the time, but I am uh, on like medical bed rest from COVID for the foreseeable future, so maybe give it a little bit. I'm sorry to hear that, yeah, by the sucks. way, and I, I hope you feel better. So it goes. I, I got COVID. I got COVID pneumonia, you guys. So if I move around too much, I feel like I'm gonna die. <laughs> and it gave me brain damage and lung damage. It's, Damn. it's it's a lot. Be careful out there. Yeah, definitely. Well, I got the only other things I wanted to add today was today is January 31st is a very special day. Uh, in that it's kind of bad. Two people we have to commemorate. I'm going to bring up one. Jeff Hanneman's birthday is today, and always have to give a shout out to fucking Jeff Hanneman from Slayer. And then two, today is the uh, I think it's like the fifteenth anniversary of Pig Champion from Poison Idea dying. Uh, R.I.P. in peace, two kings. Oh shit! Uh, we did a Poison Idea episode. You can listen to it. It's like the third or fourth one we ever did. We're going to probably do a episode a part two of that. It's a good up. Uh, because we didn't go as far in depth as we probably could. And that is about it. We got nothing. Keep an eye out for the Faith and Failure website. We got some more music coming out soon. Blue Station Realized has some new songs we mixed, and it sounds really fucking good. Uh, probably one of the best releases uh, of the year. I'm going to suck my own dick there and fuck every other band, I guess. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you should right. finish every plug from now on <laughs> so, yeah that's a good note to end on anything else Jake? all right thank you guys thank you stormy yeah thanks for having we're, me on i'm done whenever absolutely yes i think i think we're all good we can cut the recording off now all right. and um yeah perfect all right see you guys